Hi, this is Larry Hama, and you're listening to Star Joe's Podcast. From days of long ago, from uncharted regions of the universe, comes a legend. Star Joe's Podcast, episode 74, Marvel Now, back then. I'm your host, Ryan. And I'm Chuck. And welcome back, everyone. Yes, we the big news of Marvel Now hit the hit the streets uh, of San Diego Comic-Con, but not really. Yeah, they're they're going back <laughs> yeah. and redoing some things. Right. Maybe. And they said they weren't going to keep any secrets. They were going to reveal everything at San Diego Comic-Con. What happened? And then they What's re- the reveals? Because I missed it. They revealed, like... Three books that we already knew were coming out. Oh, so nothing. <laughs> so nothing. Yeah. So they went back to being secretive again. Oh, well, they're good for that. Um, so no, what the but what our Marvel now is, is that we're covering uh, retro stuff. We're yeah covering the old Marvel run issues in our Kessel run. For we're doing today five issues of uh, Star Wars, five issues of GI Joe, and five issues of Transformers from the Marvel run. So it's issues six through ten. Of each of those um, series, so finally getting into double digits. Yeah, word. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> um, and we'll probably do this again uh, later this year, so this way we'll get up to issues fifteen of all of them. Yeah, another chunk of five. Yeah, just jump in again. So, uh, so other than that, how you been? Oh, good, good, good. Okay, I went to uh, water park with the family. Nice during the San Diego Comic Con weekend, so I wouldn't cry. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty cool. Uh, we had a good time. The place is called uh, Kalahari. Yeah. Okay. It's in uh, Sandusky, Ohio. Okay. There's also one in Minnesota, Wisconsin. Okay. I was going to say Minnesota, but it's in Wisconsin. Those are the only two. Okay. Ohio and Wisconsin. So we had a good time. Nice. It's uh, uh, kind of like an African-themed water park with elephants and stuff like that. There's a petting real, zoo. Real elephants? There was no elephant, but they did have giraffes and zebras. Okay. Real live that's, ones. That's cool. You get to ride them? 
pet them. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, you and I went and saw Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man. It was awesome. Which was awesome. Awesome movie. Uh, to me... Way that, met, exceeded my expectations. Yeah, to me it was better than anything of the Raimi run. I agree. Which, I loved Spider-Man 2, but then I watched it after seeing Amazing Spider-Man. It was like playing that weekend. Yeah. It's a lot campier than I remember it being. <laughs> yeah, they're good. They're so, good. I, I mean, mean, they're good for what they are. Yeah, uh, but this this was way better. Um, the only thing I was disappointed in, I've mentioned it to you many times, is the, the classic line wasn't in there, with great power comes great responsibility. Uh, but like, it, yeah, they kind of said they, it without saying it. Yeah, they kind of phrased it differently. Yeah. yeah. But uh, other than that, I was fine with it. Uh, you know, Lizard was, it was all right. It was a good villain. Yeah, uh-huh. I, I thought it was good. Uh, I did like how they had his shredded... Lab coat on him at one point. Uh, I would have, obviously, just being a comic fan, I would have liked it if he had stayed like that through the whole thing. Like, that was his look. Yeah, Uncle Uncle Ben and Aunt May were good. Awesome actors. Sally Field and And, uh, Sheen. Yeah, Martin Martin Sheen. Sheen. Uh, uh, Gwen Stacy was really good. I think she stole the movie. Emma Stone. Yeah, she stole the movie. Yeah, Emma Stone and Garfield Logan were the two standouts for sure. They definitely carried the movie, and they needed to. I mean, they were the stars of the the movie, movie, so... Um, yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was absolutely awesome. So, I did too. Um, looking forward, Dark Knight Rises coming out this weekend. This weekend, yeah. Yeah, I don't think I'll be able to see it this weekend. Just have a lot going on, uh, family wise. But yeah, hopefully, I'll hope, try to. Hope hopefully next weekend or at some point. Uh, yeah. I definitely want to see it before it leaves theaters. Oh sure, because sure. I was really looking forward to it. So. Um, but let's let's get into it because we've got a lot to cover. In a yeah, one thing real quick, yeah. though, I did want to mention the uh, the T-shirts. Yeah, addressed it on the show once. Uh, we put it on the forums and put it on Facebook and Twitter that we were looking for anybody who had wanted an official Star Joe's T-shirt mm-hmm. to let us know. Uh, the response was uh, overwhelming, so yeah. that was great. Thanks, guys. Uh, you know, over twenty people. That was just awesome. Was, yeah, I didn't think we'd get that many, but that's awesome. Yeah, and if you if you want one, let us know. Uh, size and right. your um, you want to say what cutoff date is like maybe next Friday? Yeah, I'll, I'll get that. This I'll get out. this out yeah. that week this weekend. Okay, um, so maybe so, with the, you'll have a week or so after the few, show goes yeah, up. Yeah, like four or five days after the show goes up, um, and then we'll place the order. Right, because uh, we want to get we want to get in time for San Diego or not San Diego, Baltimore Baltimore Con. <clears throat> yeah, if you're going to Baltimore Con, let us know and we'll just deliver it to you. That way, there's no shipping cost. Shipping is what is like a flat rate five dollars ten cents. Uh, like like five dollars ten cents is a flat rate shipping. That's yeah. for priority mail, so it'll get out to you right away. Continental US, right? Um, if it's going international, which I know we have one international person, uh, we'll discuss it. We'll, sidebar we'll, yeah, we'll yeah. let you know what shipping is going to probably come out to. Um, shirts are going to be twenty dollars, twenty bucks, which is going to cover the cost of the shirt plus some of the initial costs for getting the. Sh- the uh, logo done by the company yeah, that's doing the, the shirt. Yeah. So basically, we're not really making any money off no, these shirts. No, they're you're pretty much cost. So, so that, that's um, good. Yeah. Um, so you're looking at if you're getting it mailed to you, it's going to end up costing you twenty five bucks. Twenty five bucks and ten cents. If you're getting and was it extra, extra, extra large? There's like, a couple dollars. There's extra, a few yeah, dollars yeah. more um, here and there just because it's more material. But again, each person will be. I think you're going to contact. I mean, you spearheaded. Yeah, this I'll, whole thing. I'll. You'll contact each person and say, "Here's what you owe." Yeah, for the most part, everybody's twenty bucks. Yeah, and plus uh, shipping. Right, and then you can just pay it through the website because there's that donate button. Yeah. So you just pay it through there. I it, because and that'll be in the body of the email too. Yeah, it brings you up to PayPal, and I'll double check, but I think you'll have to mark it as gift because otherwise, PayPal is going to take a chunk out of it from us. 
Unfortunately, we're asking that you guys pay the f- little PayPal fee, which is not much. Yeah, it's it's minimal. Again, I'll get those figures. Chuck will put it in an email, so you know here's how much it's going to cost you. Again, we're doing it for cost. It's not. Yeah, we're not making anything. We're not off making of anything it. off of it. So, uh, not only that, but uh, like I said, if you're going to Baltimore, there's no shipping costs associated. Just let us know you're right. going to Baltimore when I hit you with an email. Right. If you're not going to Baltimore Comic Con, we'll, we'll ship it to you. Uh, Gray or black, right. what size do you want? Yep. Let us know. It'll be the Star Joe's logo. Yep. So a lot of people are I'm taking advantage getting, of it. I'm going to be getting both a gray and a black. So. Yeah, a lot of people are, t- are getting more than one, which yeah. is really cool. It's awesome. nice, yeah. All right. Uh, well, you ready to get in some listener feedback from, yeah. from last time? Sure. All right, great. Mm-hmm. We'll go into the uh, Jedi Holocron. Jedi Holocron. All right, so we uh, had a few comments on the website. Uh, one was from a guy that went by Dave Schmave. <laughs> there you go. He said, another great episode, guys. Keep up the, the good stuff coming. I just need to know why Toy Goon slash Roger is leaving messages stating Transformers are stupid. I just want to set the record straight here. I'm friends with Roger, and I've seen his collection, was which is absolutely deadly. Nice. And there is... A shit ton of bots in it. <laughs> you know what? He says, I think Roger's trying to suck up to Chuck, and I'm calling him out. Nice. If nice. Roger thinks Transformers are so stupid, then why does he refuse to sell me his me- Masterpiece Megatron? I'll tell you why. Because he likes Transformers, and he's just kissing Chuck's ass. Or in this case, his RHP. Nice. <laughs> so, so Roger, you've been called out, man. Well, there's two reasons. Number one, he wants to hold it over your head, why he won't sell it to you. <laughs> And he just wants to make you... But it sounds like he has a lot of Transformers. Or number two, Megatron's really cool. Well, sure. So I I would have a Megatron masterpiece. Sure, Sure. but you wouldn't say Transformers are stupid then. I might. I don't... You'd be lying. That's what what Dave Schmave is calling you That doesn't mean you're lying. It's just you collect stupid things. (laughs) (laughs) But don't we all? Okay... It doesn't really make sense. I don't think anything I collect stupid. You might think some of the stuff well, I collect. Well, do the stupid. masterpiece ones? They, they don't transform, do they? Yeah, they, they do. do. Do they really? Oh yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I thought they were like the. Uh, was it no, from my understanding, the masterpiece ones transform. They're just a lot more detailed. Hmm. So now the rebel type ones, they're just figures, right? Uh, yeah, those are just figures. I like those, but I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the. I'm pretty sure the masterpiece one. They might. I transform. Yeah, I don't know. I'm pretty sure they. I don't have one because remember Robert was talking to us about the Optimus Prime. He ended up getting two of them because one he could keep in the vehicle form and one uh-huh. he could keep in the robot form. Yeah, the only so. transformer I have left is the G1 Optimus Prime. Yeah, and I have that Starscream. The Rebel Tech Starscream, that's right. it. Well, you cleared out a lot of your collections of a lot of stuff, not yeah. just Transformers. So yeah. it's not like you were singling out Transformers. You were I was. No, you were not. <laughs> you were clearing out a lot of stuff. I, I so. thinned the herd out a little bit yeah. just to add different things. Uh, you didn't add anything, don't give me that. I did. <laughs> I know I picked up some uh, some cool vintage uh, Star Wars recently. I got a Darth Malgus, which we'll review yeah, later you. if we have time. Hoth Luke. Uh, you know, I seen Wedge. I got Dak. Yeah. So I picked up some. Cool I, picked, I picked up Dak before you. Cause, I know. I know. Uh, for those of you I, don't I know, what happened was uh, Chuck went to a Toys R Us one time. This was over, well over a year ago, if not longer. And uh, it still haunts me. And uh, 
he went there and he, he saw Dak and he evidently hid Dak because he didn't want to buy it right then, but he didn't want to totally not commit to it. So. I don't think I hid it. I put it on the, the peg. You, no, you did not. That's where did not I, where I found it. Where did I find it? It was hiding behind uh, DVDs. Oh, maybe I, maybe I put it there. <laughs> so anyway, so I'm, I'm talking to him on the phone. I'm at, I'm at Toys R Us and I'm looking uh, through the vintage figures and I was like, well, there's nothing really new here, nothing really I want. And so I went and looked, and I was flipping through the DVDs, because I was looking for a particular DVD cartoon, and I think it was the Masters cartoons I was looking for, Masters Universe ones, yeah. and all of a sudden I was like, huh, look at this, it's a DAC, and you're like, oh, that's probably the one I put there. <laughs> and I was like, oh, well, I'm buying it. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that one down there. Fast. Um, then we had Nerds Gets Chicks leave a message. Nerd. I uh, put, great show, I'm really looking forward to the guest shows, uh, meaning our uh, listeners, in sure. The next yeah. episode. Yeah. He said, I hope you don't fuck it up. Uh, me too. And he goes, just kidding. <laughs> hey, so, so do we. <laughs> so uh, we're supposed to have on as guests, again, this might change depending on people's schedules, but we're supposed to have on John Thurman. Okay. Chris Campbell. Okay. JD, uh-huh. who's left us many messages. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and General Geekery. Right. Uh, Dr. Quest. Yeah. And uh, Roger Toyum. Yeah. We're going to have many guests. <laughs> There's, there's people who have been contacted. Yeah. Uh, so people have already been contacted. We're already setting things up. We actually had two more people contact us to say, hey, I want to do it. I want to do it. So I let them know, hey, we, we already have five guests lined up. But next time we do this, which might, again, might be later this year that we do it again. Or it might be for Christmas. Who knows? Who, who knows? knows? Who knows? Um, that you guys will be first on the list. So um, It's like calling Santa Joe. Right. So, uh, so yeah, looking forward to that. We're actually supposed to record with John later tonight to get his segment in. So Don't, should, don't peel too much behind the curtain. Should be a good time. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm interested to see where he takes us. Oh. It's going to be an interesting ride. We don't know where they're is taking it, us. Is it behind the green door? For those that are going to be on the show, <laughs> no. For those that are going to be on the show, basically what it is, you guys are taking over the show. You guys are bringing up the topics that we're going to talk about, You get, or you can ask us questions, or you can hit us with a top five that we have to come up with yeah, off, or, off the bat. Or whatever you want to do. Or just say, hey, Ryan, why does Notre Dame football suck? I don't know. Whatever. Notre Dame football does not suck. Michigan football (laughs) sucks. Whatever. They do. So, anyways, uh, we got a couple emails. Uh, We had uh, one which is from uh, Alias Angel. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Hey, did you ever? No. No, No, you didn't. I haven't mailed out his prizes yet. I don't think so. But by the time he hears this, they'll already be mailed. Okay. So... Well, there uh, you go. <laughs> so, sorry, I was delayed in getting it out, but... Yeah, Ryan's been exercising way too much and caring about this podcast way too little. <laughs> oh, bullshit. <laughs> Calling you out now. I was ready to record last week. Where were you? I was on vacation. I'm a little right. vacation. Right. So, your vacation's more important than our podcast. Yes. <laughs> sorry if that offended anybody, but yes. So, if you're wondering why you haven't seen an episode in three weeks, it's Chuck's yeah, fault. it's mine. So... Well, there'll be other vacations I take, too, so... Prepare accordingly. <laughs> I think you're always on vacation. Permanent vacation. Mentally, you're always on vacation. Well, we're talking about you know taking a trip up to, to Michigan to watch a football game with uh, uh, wife's cousins and stuff. I married into it's, it. It's a, so I married into Notre Dame. We hate Michigan. I hated Michigan before I was a Notre Dame well, fan. Well, that's a lot of the Ohio State sure. backlash. There. Right. I moved to Ohio. I, I Ann, Ann Arbor's Ohio's a whore. Okay. That's what I've heard. Ann Arbor's a whore. Jesus. <laughs> and I say that every time I hear that damn Michigan commercial. And they go, come to Ann Arbor. No, Ann Arbor's a whore. <laughs> you mean this Michigan commercial? City by city, town after town, one sidewalk blends into another. 
But there is a place where every street is different. Every corner plays a new song. Every day is a festival. Where storefronts, cafes, and artists all say, mix it up. Take another taste. Linger a little longer. Ann Arbor does it up different. Ann Arbor does it pure Michigan. Ann Arbor's a whore. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> that's the one. But listen, right. um, I married into it. Yeah. Wife's from around that area, and uh, she happens to like Michigan. Pathetic. Their cousin were going to... The See, the second I would have found that out, like, I, can't, I can't be with you anymore. It's, it's over. It's over. I don't care how much it sex me up, it's over. Right. It's done. It's done. But when we moved to Ohio State, and when we moved to Ohio State, you moved when to we moved State. to the state of Ohio, <laughs> backward up, when we moved to the state of Ohio, I, I got into the Buckeyes, and I started to watch them, and I started to root for them and like them. Sure. But then, you know. Does your wife hate you now? Met my, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> met my wife, and that kind of went by the wayside. Yeah. You know, I, I, I don't have a rooting interest either way, but now I do. Okay. So, and then you know, we're talking about taking the kids to, you know, Frankenmuth, the uh, it's a little Christmas village up in Michigan. So. And, and that's Chuck's plans for That's the, my plans. That's my vacation plan. <laughs> in case you're all curious. Let's get back to the show. About, yeah. What did Alien Getting back to the listeners. What his email say? Let's get back to the listeners. Did he thank here. us for that box yet? <laughs> well, screw you. So, anyways, he said, Dear Ryan and Chuck, uh, he gave us his five uh, Star Wars and G.I. Joe toys. Okay. So I'll go over them real quick as far as what he put here. He said, five Star Wars figures and five G.I. Joe figures I had with me most of the time when I was a, when I was young during the eighties. He had Darth Vader, yeah, Red Emperor's Royal Guard. He gave one. explanations for Good each one, one yeah. but um, we're personal. We don't want to repeat C three PO, Jawa, and Boba Fett. Uh, That's like five winners. Yeah, he said honorable mention Chewbacca, Stormtrooper R two D two with the sensor scope. Ooh. So, ooh, he had the uh, later edition. Yeah, one. top five Joes clutch. Wow, uh, he had the vamp. version one point five. <laughs> uh, Cobra Commander version one point five. Okay, nineteen eighty three. Uh, Cobra Hiss Driver, version Those one. Those are the ones with the swivel arm battle grips. Yeah. Uh, Destro, version one. Awesome. And Zartan, version one. Sweet. Uh, honorable mentions were Firefly, Storm Shadow, Blowtorch, Copperhead, Low Light, Straddle and everybody Viper, else. Straddle Viper, <laughs> Mutt, and pretty much everyone else. And honorable mentions to all the other Joes. I <laughs> said, uh, That's thanks, awesome. He says, thanks so much for the memories, memories lanes. That's what he said. Sure, that's what we do. We lanes to memories. <laughs> Keep reading. He said, I loved how you interact with your audience with interesting questions. Yeah. He says, are you planning to ask us Transformers next? Because Transformers is also a big toy property around that time. Yeah, we're actually going to cover all that today. Yeah, other people have mentioned that too. Yeah. So, you know what? We're doing it. We're doing it today. He says, I, I, got, Ooh, a, yeah, he says, I got a bonus question for you two gentlemen and perhaps your listeners. When you are growing up in the 80s, have you met or known any kids in your class who is a female collecting Star Wars, G.I. Joe, or Transformers? He oh, says, God, I, I would have married her. He says, I know it is very rare. <laughs> no. But I know this one girl who would love collecting G1 Transformers, and we would play during breaks af- after lunch. I remember I made a trade with her and got Autobot Blaster, which was the one that transformed into a red radio. Right, right, right. Uh, so that, that's how I got Blaster. He says, great show. Keep up the good work. What did he trade her? I don't know. He little, didn't say. Little, little, no. Little loving? <laughs> no. Little McLovin? No. Um, little kissing, little holding hands? I never knew any girl as a kid. There I, was one girl that I lived beside, but she had two other brothers. Yeah. And I, she was the same age as me, because yeah. one brother was older, one brother was way younger, but she was the same age as I was. Right. I would play with her 
with like Star Wars guys and stuff like that. But then she wanted to play Barbies too, so right. had to play like. Well, I grew, play with your sister. Yeah, I grew Sometimes up. Play with I grew them, up with my sister with and and like same thing with my sister too. We lived on a main road, so it was yeah. like we only had each other. So most of the time, I played by myself. But like like you said. If I had her play G.I. Joe, she, she would play Barbie. Barbie which I would always have Ken that. jump off the Barbie dream house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's killing himself. You're nagging too much. <laughs> but um, just a girl in my class who... Yeah. Cl- no. God, no. That would have been great. Yeah. Um, we do have a, a co-worker uh, named Gretchen who's a huge Star Wars fan. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I'm pretty sure she collected when she was little, too. Um, but we don't play with her or trade. No, 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 no. Um, she never approaches with a trade. <laughs> I, have another, I have another co-worker named Bethany whose daughters are not into Star Wars and stuff like that, but they are into superheroes. Hmm. And so they were excited to go see Spider-Man and stuff like that. Oh, cool. She yeah. said they did get a little... Uh, I don't know she said they got scared, but they got, like tired because it was kind of late and so they wanted to go home so they um oh, they punked out yeah basically so girls but uh <laughs> but no, she, that would but, be cool i mean my wife don't even like this shit so yeah i, I that would be welcome. but she said they're they're all into dressing my up. mistress will i'll tell you that right now <laughs> they're all into, <laughs> she will love this shit they're all into dressing up she said they're all into dressing up as superheroes for like halloween and stuff yeah. like that which i thought sometimes cool. i think about it in the back of my mind and you know if my wife did enjoy the same hobby i did or did like the stuff and my house would be a giant dork room. Oh, yeah. I'd be broke because right. there would be no way telling me, you can't buy the $800 Boba Fett statue. <laughs> She'd be like, why don't you buy the $800 Boba Fett statue and get a Darth Vader to go with it? Like, right. Fuck yeah. Click, click, click. <laughs> I'd, I'd be broke. I'd be in yeah. like, credit card debt. I would... Yeah. It wouldn't be good. It, it wouldn't, wouldn't be good. good. We probably wouldn't have the two kids because we'd be at Comic-Con all the time. Right. And, We'd be sewing, taking sewing classes to make costumes, and so we we got. It's probably good that I don't. Yeah, we got another uh, email from uh, Alias Angel. Alias, Uh, he says, "Hi Ryan and Chuck, on your next show or the show after." Uh huh. uh -huh. He said, "Some of your audience are uh, going to Star Wars Celebration Six this year." Lucky bastards! And I want to go. And he says, and they have a very limited budget, as we know all about that. Yeah, we're. Uh, (laughs) Can you guys give us some suggestions on which superstars we should throw down some cash to get an autograph? I realize that that autographs are simply a a personal taste, but I would very much like to get your take on who you guys would pick to get an autograph. I'm running on a budget of $150 for autographs this year, and it is a very tough that's a decision. Nice, that's a nice budget. Yeah. Just for autographs. Yeah, but autographs tend to be in the $50 range of piece. Yeah, or higher. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, he says, I really want a lot of uh, signed individuals. Second part of the question, would you use a comic book, mint, <laughs> on card action figure, figurine, statue, or photograph to get your autograph? Thanks for your help, guys. Cheers. Alias Angel Alias. Um, so, any recommendations? I mean, I don't know what the guest list is at Celebrate. I didn't have a chance to look. Yeah, I, Carrie Fisher's going to be there. Um, I would want her I would autograph. Want her. Yeah. But I would want it on a, on a photo of yeah. her dressed as Pr- Princess Leia. Right. Slave Leia? Or I, you know what? I don't think I would. Really? I don't think I would just okay. because she's probably had a hundred guys with boners up there. Sure. Slave Leia's. <laughs> I think I would either do the, the standard white gown Princess Leia or the Hoth Leia. Okay, that'd be a cool one. Um, I like the Hoth Leia one. And then what I would do also is get it like, you know, nice double matted and framed and hung up. Sure. I don't think I would have them sign a comic book per se. 
They really didn't have I anything would, to do with the comic Yeah, book. I wouldn't have... I would not have... If you're a big toy collector, I would definitely do an action figure. Sure. If you don't Because want, there are pictures on the action figure. Right. If you don't want to... Because the, the photo is going to be another expense. Right. Because to get a photo nicely matted and framed is going to cost you anywhere between 50 to 60 bucks. Right. It, it costs money. Well, if if you care about having them hang Well, I, I do it professionally. <laughs> the last saying, photo I had was autographed eight by ten, and right. I had it professionally. But I'm saying, but, but maybe, maybe that's not what he does with them. He's just talking yeah. about the autographs themselves. He's not talking about the hundred fifty dollars is going towards his matting and frame. No, no, I'm, I'm saying that's an extra added right. expense. I We're mean, not talking about that level. Well, sure, yeah. but I don't know if he wants to do that. That's what I would do. <laughs> but um, um, I would definitely look to get maybe some of the older original. That's what I'm cast. thinking. Yeah, like if Mark Hamill was there, then you definitely, definitely want to get I would him. Definitely, that would be my number one. Harrison Ford obviously is never at that. those. He doesn't yeah, do that. He's, he's never at way those shows, than that. right? Um, but I mean, like, yeah, that original cast, like Peter Mayhew, I would get. I would get a Chewbacca. Um, you know, Anthony Daniels, because like you said, they're getting yeah, up Kenny there. In, Baker. They're getting up there in years, yeah. and it's like this might be the last time you get to have them sign something. Yeah. It's sad to say, but it's true. <laughs> Um, now the people who don't because let's be honest like you know Peter Mayhew Anthony Daniels Kenny right. Bay they usually do that every time they have one right whereas Carrie Fisher doesn't right so I would definitely get her yeah. but if this is your one time going yeah you know you're the one one time I mean yeah. pick here's the thing I would advise who's your favorite person that's what I was just gonna say do you like if, the if your movies if your you fa- like, yeah. if your favorite character is Chewbacca but Mark Hamill's there. I would still get Peter, Peter Mayhew first because that's your favorite character. Yeah, exactly. Is, Go yeah. with your favorites. Right. Pick your favorites first. Then if you have extra time, where the hell did you get that knife? <laughs> I brought it from home. <laughs> so I can open the figure. Okay. Like, Chuck's pointing a knife at me and I'm like, what did I do? <laughs> say that fucking thing again one more time. Um, fucking bring up Beast Wars one more time. So well, we're going to get to that in a second. But oh, yeah, God, I, would with, I would go with your favorite character first. Yeah. If that person's there have them get their autograph first. Then start looking at the other characters. Um, because you could get Mark Hamill's signature, but if you never liked Luke Skywalker, then when you get home, you might be like, why did I even why get did, it? Yeah. Why did I get it? Whereas if you're picking your favorite character, then that's what I do. Now, as far as um, anybody else there, like personally for me, because I'm big into the comics, like if you had Ostrander there... Randy Stradley or somebody like that, I would have them sign a comic that they did. Yeah, a lot of times comic creators will sign it for nothing. Right, exactly. Artists, creators, they sign basically yeah. for nothing. So if you, yeah, so if you have a comic and you want them to sign it, just go up to their table and they'll usually Say, sign it for yeah, nothing. Please, I enjoyed your comic. Right. And sometimes you'll get a story out of it. Yeah, you never know. Um, but, uh, you know, if you can get a, a drawing from. Ostrander, I would do it in a heartbeat because he's a phenomenal Star Wars artist. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't get in line. Um, McKenna's for the, a really great Star Wars artist. I, I wouldn't get in line for the second Sand Trooper on the left. You know, right? Like, <laughs> like, who the hell's this guy? You Unless know? it's like five bucks, and, and you know who he is. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But uh, but yeah, I mean, that's that's what I would go. The guy with. who does Boba Fett's usually there. A couple Jeremy times. Bullock. Yeah, he's yeah. usually there. Um, yeah, I mean, again, pick your Baby favorite. Boba. Pick even even <laughs> if you. Spend all hundred fifty dollars on that one person, but that's your favorite character. You're going to walk away happy that you got it. Yeah, and it's usually they charge per signature. So if you want an eight by ten and a toy, right. that's two autographs right. you have to pay but, for. But I would do well, and sometimes you get a limit. Like you have to pay fifty dollars for an autograph, up to two or three items or something like that. Sometimes they'll wrap it up so it's not like you're paying fifty bucks for each autograph. Yeah, sometimes so, they do though. Um, uh, and what about personalization? I, For me, I would want. I would want to personalize because 
I'm always going to keep the item. Yeah. If you're getting it signed thinking that one day you might sell it, because then don't, yeah. then don't get it personalized. Because sometimes they'll ask you, do you right. want this personalized? Right. Or who should I make it out to? Right. It, that's your choice. I mean, sometimes when I used to do autographs for like uh, sports celebrities, you know, baseball right. players, football players, I would have them just sign it, sign the chuck. Yeah. And and here's the thing, too. Don't tell them where to sign. No, they get pissed off at that. They, if they might ask you, where would you like me yeah, to sign this, could, that's yeah. fine. But don't, don't, don't say... Don't go to Carrie Fisher and it's like, hey, sign right here by your boob. Right. Because she's going to get pissed off. Right, exactly. And she's going to write, I've heard fuck those, you, I've, Carrie Fisher. I've heard those stories already. Well, and she will right. write, fuck you, Carrie Fisher, on, right. your, on your photo. Right. And you pay 50 bucks for that. And you have to get out of line. <laughs> All right. So then we had, <laughs> a, we had, a, then we had an email from uh, Thomas, new listener. Or new new listener as far as letting us know he's listening. What's up, Thomas? Uh, so he says, hey, Star Joes, I've been listening to you since April when I found your show on GeekCast Radio Network. Nice. Uh, he says, I started with episode 63, and I've been listening to your current and archive shows ever since. we got 62 more. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> are you, wouldn't it be weird if all of a sudden after 62 more we're like, well, we're done. We're done. We told you back at episode 74. <laughs> That's it. Uh, are you guys ever going to review any more movies? Hell yeah. He says, when I, whenever I need a good, a good laugh, <laughs> I listen to your reviews on Transformers movie, G.I. Joe the movie, and Masters of the Universe movie. Next time you do a review... Whoa, whoa, whoa. What about Van Helsing? That sucked. Um, we did a Van Helsing. Look it up. <laughs> I love that movie. It was horrible. Shut up, dude. Next time you do a review, would you be able to do the He-Man and She-Ra Christmas special and the three TMNT yeah. movies? Well, we talked about this Christmas. We're probably going to do the He-Man and She-Ra. No, that's, that's a given. Because we wanted to do it last... Oh, also, uh, movie commentary is the Star Wars Christmas special, holiday special. Oh, don't listen to that. They can listen to it. No. Just don't watch it. Don't, don't even skip it. Just skip it. We're still funny. Oh, my God. <laughs> Just don't watch it. I've watched it. Uh, I've watched some of it back listening to us, and it's good. <laughs> I would never watch that again if you paid me. There's no way in hell. I tried to warn you the first time. You did, and I didn't want to listen. Um, so he says... Uh, you I, were so right. That's we, horrible. We just haven't had, this year, we haven't had a chance where both of us are off and could get together where yeah. we could take over my li- family room. My and, and my watch, job so. has been crazy. So. We, I mean, it, I've changed what I'm doing at Plus work. Plus there's and, days you've been choosing to work for overtime. Yeah. And I'm, <sighs> where I have a day off, Chuck's like, I'm going into work. I'm like, you have fun. Yeah, so. <laughs> I, I, I have to do a little bit more than the norm. Got two mouths to feed. But, um, yeah. So, anyways, uh, he <laughs> says, I know Chuck has strong feelings regarding Beast Wars series. My question is, what are your opinions regarding the other Transformers series, namely the three Japanese series that came out, Headmasters, Master Force, and Victory? I personally like Victory the most out of the three series. What do you think? Uh, he says, regarding the iTunes reviews, are you able to see reviews from other countries? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Leave it. Well, we're... We're not um, able to see reviews from other countries, but if if you what? if you want to if you see reviews for us and you want to email them to us, those international <laughs> bitches, what the fuck are they doing? Black then then how dare they? Then please email them to us and we'll read them on the show. Yeah, sure. Yeah, and then Chuck's got to say something nice about Beast Wars. Ah, fuck that. So, anyways, um, it loses some in translation. As far as the <laughs> wow. Uh, I need a bumper sticker, Beast Wars. You haven't seen any of the Japanese stuff. No, no, I haven't. I started watching the Headmasters one, which I got for Christmas this year. I have not seen Master Force. because it's not in English? No, no, it's good. Is it really? Yeah, it's actually really good. Okay. It's hard to follow sometimes because you know how they'll talk and then they'll put the subtitles up? 
and the subtitles sometimes will go away in like three seconds, and I'm like, it was two lines of text. I'm like, I'm not that fast of a reader, <laughs> so sometimes I've had to. I am slow. <laughs> so sometimes I've had to like either just get the gist of what was happening, or actually rewind and be like, what did that say? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, nice. But they all sound like they're angry. Well, sure. It's all like. He's <laughs> such a racist. <laughs> what it sounds like to me. I know. Um, by the way, if anyone understands what I just said, <laughs> sorry. Let me know. <laughs> My bad. Master Force and Victory have not come out on DVD here yet. I know there's another. I think Master Force is coming out next. Okay. I have not. If there's other ways of seeing it, I haven't seen them yet. Maybe YouTube. So, are you planning on picking that DVD up? Sure. Okay. Yeah. Because, like I said, I like Headmasters. I want to see where it goes. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, as far as some of the other ones, like Transformers Prime, I think it's okay. I think it's good. Like, I'll watch an episode. I've seen Transformers Prime, um, the animated. It's okay. The Transformers animated series, I've never really seen. I have. It's, a it's little, good. It's, yeah, it looks it's, very, very cartoony. It is. It's very toony. Um, I've seen it. I mean, there's been other versions, too. I mean... Someone that's well more versed in Transformers would be able to tell you some of the other cartoons that have come out. I can't remember some of them by just off the top of my head. G1. But, well, <laughs> I know there's G1. Amen, um, Amen for that, brother. So, it's a saving grace in it. But, yeah, it, like I said, if you do come across iTunes reviews for us, other countries, and you want to email them to us, let us know. We'll read them on the air. So If you want to translate them. Because we, we can't, <laughs> I can't see them. So we can All only right. see the U.S. reviews, unfortunately. Um, Maybe they're bad. Maybe we don't want to see them. I, I, hey, bad reviews I even want to see. I think okay. they'd be awesome. Yeah, good, bad. We read them. Right. Uh, then we had Cass contact us. He said, first, I wanted to thank you guys for putting out a great podcast. Cass the, is a he or a she? I don't know. K, okay. K-A-S-S. Don't could, know. Be a, could be a... The, the 80s nostalgia has been hitting me really hard the past year or so. Nice. And your podcast is something I look forward to a lot. Oh, cool. Thanks. I also wanted to share some love for He-Man. Oh, my brother. He said it was maybe the first cartoon I remember watching in the 80s along with Battle of the Planets. Yeah. And that was... Oh, I remember uh, Battle of the Planets. He says that he was really G-Force. into it. So. Hell yeah. Uh, and hope you guys read and enjoyed the new He-Man comic by James Robinson. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know I did, and it left me wanting more. I, I was exactly the same way. I'm like, I, I would read the entire thing right now. Yeah. If I had the graphic novel, I'd read it all. I was wondering if if I gave you guys a review on iTunes that I could get Ryan to say something great about He-Man for a change. Nice. And, yes. And here's, Love it. Here's, it hope, here's hoping Hollywood can somehow get He-Man, uh, a He-Man movie off the ground. Word. I'm you you and I have talked about this. I hate He-Man so I much. I do not hate He-Man. See, it's when you make comments like that. You're such a homophobe. People hear you. <laughs> people hear you say something, and they assume that yeah. that's true, and it's not. No, no, true. no. It's you. You're the I hate He-Man guy. No, I'm the I hate Transformers guy. No. We both like Star no. Wars and GI Joe. No, that's the perception we got to live up to. I know, but that's not true. You want doesn't look, even matter. But here's the thing: it doesn't matter. Here's if the it's thing: true or not. Here's the di- big difference between you and me. What you want to live up to other people's perceptions. I don't care about other people's perceptions. I live up to who I am. I'm here to please the listener. Right. I'm here to be who I am. <laughs> That's like Popeye. I am who I am. I am who I am. I am what I am. I am I, I am. But I am. I, no, I love Masters of the Universe. I, I can't so please it. leave us a review, but it it doesn't mean that I'm gonna <laughs> say something good about Masters of the Universe because Let's say something nice now. What what do you got? I'll well here's the thing. I've collected a ton of Masters of the Universe stuff. You know that for a fact. I got the Power and Honor book. You do. I have the uh the what was it? The unofficial episode guide to the Master of the Universe from yeah, Filmation. James Bustatoon's Z right. Yeah, so you I got have, that. Yeah. I have I have that. But you're I, a book guy. You like books. 
Yeah, but I wouldn't get it if I didn't like Masters of the Universe. Right, that was a donation to I, their I have, cause. Uh, right, exactly. Power and Honor Foundation. I have uh, the comics, the yeah, individual you comics. You do. Plus the trades. You do. I've been buying the digital comics you when have. they've been coming out every two weeks. You have, you have. You haven't even been doing that. No. I've been getting the Masters of the Universe DC comic. You have a, we have a clawful. I have a clawful sitting at my desk right here. Right here on the studio. Right. We have one the of the. Staction. The Staction 2000X Staction right. clawful. Clawful sitting He's right there. sitting right here. He's looking at it. Right. Yeah. So I like Masters of the Universe. I, I love it. I have, I have the 2000X uh, DVD collection. The cartoons, yeah. The cartoon. Sure, I have yeah. the Filmation cartoon. You haven't watched them all yet, but you have. No, I haven't watched them all yet, but I've been watching them. I know. I know. So. They're good. I, I got through like 10 episodes and I was like, now I'm in the mood for something else. So it, okay. it's not because I didn't like it, but it's just I like, know. you watch 10 episodes of something, you're like, now nah, I need to watch something else. Whereas if <laughs> I anything. watch 10 episodes of that, I'm like, I, I need to watch all of it <laughs> with but my no, pants off. But no, it's like, I like a lot of different properties. So it's like, okay, well now I'd like to watch some Transformers or now I'd like to watch some I, of the G.I. Joe I, stuff. I think people give you maybe a hard time and me a hard time about it is because it's not our favorite. It's, and it's, it's, you can say that. But I still love it. Sure. You, but it's not your favorite. No, it's not my favorite. No. But, and that's the thing. I, Whereas Transformers is not my favorite, if, but I enjoy it. Right. If, if, I say any, if I say anything bad about Masters of the Universe, it's usually just to give you a hard time. Sure. It's, it's because you love it to a, a crazy level. <laughs> I would get a mecha neck tattoo. <laughs> right, you would. I would. Crazy. Mechanic's um, a good character. I don't know why you don't like him. I don't like mecha neck. That's the thing, too. There are I characters. Grimlock. There. there I are, said it. Fuck Grimlock. I love Grimlock. <laughs> fuck Slag and Swoop. Snarl. We're going to get into those later. Rat bastard. Uh, fuck them all. Can we move on? <laughs> yeah. Get another email, read it. Uh, so, well, I'm going to finish up Cassis. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So, Sorry. So, I was wondering if either of you guys were into the $6 million man. I know it's not an 80s show. It only ran from 74 to 78 per Wikipedia. Uh, but I remember watching reruns of it in the 80s. I was born in 1974. Uh, I've also read, yeah. yeah. I've also read some of the Bionic Man comics from Dynamite Entertainment. It's co-created by Kevin Smith, Clerk, Small Rats, and Chasing Amy, Amy Fame. Yeah, uh, I've really been enjoying it. Keep up the great work, guys. So I, I did enjoy. I have seen. Some I've of seen the episodes. Million Dollar Man. Yeah. yeah, I watched them when I was a kid. I, I mean, it, it wasn't one that I watched religiously, but I watched it. No, um, you know, the I never greatest. got to see. I never got to see the Bionic Bigfoot episode, but no, you know, I never did that, that famous episode, but. Uh, the greatest thing, in my opinion, Lee Majors did besides Mary Farrah Fawcett, that's number one, <laughs> is the Fall Guy. Fall Guy. The Fall yeah. Guy. Um, but I liked the he was, he but was here's the thing. Hawk on but, the cartoon for G.I. Joe. Yeah. But here's the, the thing. Renegades. If, he was General Hawk. Here's the thing. If you say the name Lee Majors, first thing I think of is Bionic Man. Or Six Million Dollar Man. Farrah Fawcett. No. <laughs> the guy. He married Farrah Fawcett. I understand that. I know this. So that's but, number one. But what I'm saying, you say the name Lee Majors, I think of Six Million Dollar Man. It's the first thing I think of. Uh, I think of Lee Majors tap that ass. <laughs> then I'll go, Fall Guy, Six Million Dollar Man. Oh, yeah, he had other things, too. So, see, you even put Fall Guy before Six I do. Million Dollar Man. Yeah. I don't. It's, that's immediately what I think of Six Million Dollar Man. So Well, I, I, have, the fall guy, I have the Fall Guy. Theories. I feel like you could shoot him and he'd be fine. That's Colt Seavers, baby. <laughs> Right. It's cold seavers. So, um, uh, Anthony, so. why don't you throw a little cold seavers in here right now? Why don't you throw a little fall guy in here? Because we've done it before. I like the fall guy. Do you know what we haven't done before that we need? What? We need another one of those eighty sitcoms. We need to do it right here. Which one? Saved by the Bell. When I wake up in the morning and the lung gets out of warning, I don't think I'll ever make it on time. By the time 
time I grab my books and give myself a look And at the corner just in time to see the bus fly by It's alright cause I'm staying by the bed If the teacher puts a chair I know I'm in a mess And the dog ate all my homework last night Riding low in my chair She won't know that I'm there If I can hand it in tomorrow It'll be alright It's alright That's good, isn't it? Was that the eighties? Yeah, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's that was, awesome. I'm not sure that was the eighties. Maybe it was very late eighties. Could have been 89. It led into the nineties. I know it was in the nineties. College years, yeah. Zach Morris. I know who Kelly they Kapowski. are. I watched them. Sure, Slater, AC yeah. Slater. Yeah, I had a screech big, Jesse. I had a big crush on Jesse. I'd have been crushing all three of those girls. Well, sure, but Lisa, Jesse, but when Jesse Kelly, did striptease, oh I was my like, god, I'm, I'm there. Yeah, I, was, I was there in line with a bottle of Jergens in my pants. I'm like, <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ! Anyway, that movie is nothing but we, a got, we got some fantasy. issues to get through. Yeah, so we got, oh go. yeah, I'm sorry. So uh, here, like, anyways, go ahead, uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. We got an email from Anthony. Yeah, hey, he says, what's up? Since my Snake Eyes versus Boba Fett seemed to be such a hot topic between uh, you this two, this guy, yeah, he says by the way, Snake Eyes wins. He always wins. Uh, he says, this SmackDown is one of leadership. Who has the better chain of command, G.I. Joe or Transformers? On the opposite spectrum, who has the better evil chain of command, Cobra or the Decepticons? Keep up the great work, guys. Always looking uh, forward to the next episode. I would say maybe the Decepticons over Cobra because Cobra surrenders like and runs around like crazy. Well, I'm thinking even just chain of command. Like I'm not even thinking about which is a better force, Unit. but I'm thinking who is a better chain of has a better chain of command or maybe more defined chain of command. I still think Decepticons over uh, Cobra yeah, because once you go Cobra, Cobra Commander, Commander, Destro, and then you're like, but he's the arm supplier. Is he really number two? I don't. I would put him number two. I think I would put the Baroness number two. Yeah, maybe that's the problem. You don't know. And then maybe Major where, Blood. Where Megatron? It's Megatron, Starscream. Then you got Shockwave, Shockwave. and uh, Soundwave are kind of even. Yeah, it's uh, and and the Starscream has his uh, Seekers. He has you know he has yeah, a def- the, definitive the chain of command. He has yeah. his squad. Yeah. So I mean, it's very clear who they are. In fact, we find out in these issues that we cover today, like the Constructicons like, yeah. even had their role that they had to fulfill. Even, even in um, Cobra with Zartan, he's like a mercenary. Yeah. And so is Major Blood. He's a, he's a mercenary. Right. And you got like, where's Dr. Mindbender fit into it? You don't know. It's like, yeah. Tomex and Zaymout, where do they fit in? Like Lieutenants, I guess, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Like, it's not very defined. I would definitely go Decepticon over Cobra. Yeah. On uh, Autobot or G.I. Joe. I would That's think- a tough one. Because again, only because of military ranking, I would say Joe. I would say Joe because of that reason. Yeah, I would say Although Joe. at times it is tough because if you went to someone and said, "Who's the leader of GI Joe?" You might get somebody that says Hawk. You might or get Duke. someone that says Duke. You might get someone that says Flint. Yeah. Um, it depends on what they grew up with and what they know and everything else. Yeah. Um, I obviously would say Hawk because Hawk, he yeah. he is the guy in charge as far as we know. Uh, so. General Flags. Yeah. Well, yeah, 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 but but yeah. Hawk. Um, and then, but right now in the continuity in IDW continuity, Duke's the leader. Overall leader, yeah, he, he was, yeah, so, he was promoted. Hawks, so, and Flint's the leader of kind of a side unit. You know, it's yeah, like Cobra, it, yeah, it's just weird. Unit, yeah. Now, leader wise, of the 
two units, I would say the better uh, the the group that has the better leader is the Autobots. I think Optimus Prime's a better leader than really General Hawk, right now than General Hawk. in the IDW. Well, it's Bumblebee. Bumblebee, which I would not give no. But I'm saying, when you ask someone who's the leader of the Autobots, oh, yeah. it's Optimus Prime. Unless they're reading that comic book and they like a right. super nerd, they're going to say Optimus Prime. Right. I think Optimus Prime's a better leader, but I think the chain of command gets a little lost. Because I don't even know who his number two is. Ironhide. I, don't, I think Prowl is. I would say Ironhide. is. He's always the right hand man. He's always there. He's But he's the grunt. I think Prowl's supposed to be number two. Maybe. I think. I don't know. I mean, look how it is right now. Prowl's definitely number two to Bumblebee. Ironhide ain't. Well, now he's. <laughs> so I don't. I'm, but I don't know. I don't it's know. Probably for sure. jumper. We don't. Know right. Offer. <laughs> it's gonna be wind charger. <laughs> it's Cosmo. Beachcomber. Could even be Grimlock. We don't know. Oh, fuck Grimlock. In the comics, Grimlock's not stupid. I know. So I mean, me Grimlock. So maybe maybe that didn't cause sword. Maybe that didn't cross as uh, cause as much controversy as he was hoping for. Maybe not. Yeah. Better luck next time, Anthony. Yeah, come up with another <laughs> Snake Eyes reference. So uh, then we had on the forum, Sandman asked a question. Uh, who would win in a fight between Taskmaster and Deathstroke? Um, he gave Lots a, of a lot of reasons for his, but I figured we'd just go into what ours is. So Deathstroke. I would say Deathstroke also. Um, but do you understand Taskmaster's abilities? Yes. I okay. read his okay. dossier. <laughs> <laughs> I would say Deathstroke because... Even though Taskmaster can mimic Deathstroke's yeah. moves once he sees them, he has to see them first. Right. And Deathstroke uses, I think he uses like 90% of the human brain, which most people use like 10, 10%, to, right. 10 to 20%. So 10. <laughs> that's, they found it's a little bit more than they originally thought. So Yeah. Uh, but when still, they, when they go it's still a model. It's not a planet. It's so still a small it. percentage. It's right. still a small right. percentage. But he uses like 90%. Well, he's already smarter now. Than Taskmaster, yeah, because Taskmaster is just reflective. And he's he's one of those guys who will just shoot you. Yeah, well, so is Taskmaster. Well, yeah, I mean, I like Taskmaster. I I like both characters. I think it's a good matchup. But I think Marvel the, DC, yeah, but they're I, both pretty much the same guy. But just I one in Marvel, one in yeah, DC. But I think I think uh, Deathstroke wins Deathstroke, overall. Yeah. So I agree. Uh, Facebook. Uh, I wanted to mention Brian Fanning. Remember I mentioned last time uh, we had another person that was doing YouTube videos? Yeah. Uh, Brian Fanning, yeah, his, are, his are called Talk About Toys. Okay. Uh, so if you search on YouTube under Talk About Toys, make it all one word, you could probably separate it too. You'll probably find it that way also. But he has four episodes out. He covers new toys that come out as well as old vintage ones. He did one on uh, the Mask Rhino, the big truck oh, rig. Oh, yeah. Um, my, I've, I've watched all of them. They're about 10 to 15 minutes long. My only suggestion to him, uh, he, by the fourth episode, his camera was a lot better. It was a lot more crisp looking because the, got the first HD couple ones were a little bit yeah. fuzzy. Um, but it, it might benefit him to have uh, some type of external mic because there's times where I couldn't really hear as well. Oh, but he turn his head to get away from the camera mic? Or Not something. even so much that, but like it's just... It, it's a little bit muffled at times, and I think it's because he's using the camera mic. It could be, um, but it's still good to watch. Um, like I said, that's the only suggestion I have. People give us suggestions all the time, sure. Yeah. And I know other people would like to get suggestions for stuff they're doing. So, yeah. um, but I still think it's really good. What um, was it again? Uh, talk about toys. Talk about toys. Yeah, and, I'll check it out. Yeah, and he's got uh, four episodes out. And like I said, they're about 10, 15 minutes, so it does, it's not a big time. Any drop. certain toy genres is just all over, just eighties, kind of all over. Okay. Um, okay. But. I mean, it's it's all good stuff. All stuff we're interested in. Cool. So yeah, I'll, take, I'll take it yeah. out. Uh, then we had an iTunes review. 
Nice. Remember, I have nothing prepared. Remember what this is for. I have nothing prepared. Remember, I said the second we say it's for Beast Wars, I know, right? Someone's gonna jump in. Which one of you motherfuckers crawled out so of a rock to <laughs> put this Beast Wars shit on my face? So we had Soundwave eight ten. Oh fuck! Of course, <laughs> of course, it's a Transformer guy. So uh, the title of his wow, review was nuts. Takes me back. Oh Jesus! Read it. He said, "Awesome podcast covering Star Wars, GI Joe, and all the toys, comics, and cartoons that you loved in the '80s." See, now I love him. I can't say anything. <laughs> Beast Wars is awesome, and Chuck knows this, and he put a lot of exclamation oh, points after that. <laughs> that's the only reason he left it. So it's not even a question about what he, that he wants you to say something good about Beast Wars. I guess I know it rules. <laughs> that's nice. I'll tell you, here's something nice. Okay. It's it's free on my Netflix. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> wow, really? You gotta give me a little bit more than that. Do I'll you, what, do you at, like at any time, of the characters? At the time it came out, it wasn't like animation. It was like CJ was cutting edge. Yeah, it was very cutting. It edge. was cutting edge at the time it came out. Okay, I'll give you that. Do you like any of the characters in Beast Wars that not you've watched so far? Not a one of them. Or anything about the character? I've seen four episodes and I, I don't like anything about it right now. You need to watch more. I'm watching more. <laughs> okay. I have I have watched four episodes. For for every ten episodes I watch of He Man, you'll watch one episode of Beast Wars. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Oh. Uh, except I like what I'm watching. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I like the G one cartoon. Yeah. So Alright, we also had some uh questions from the forum. I'm not making you watch He Man uh New Adventures. Well you don't like that either. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> we'll probably cover it at some point. Oh god. Um so we jumped a shark. <laughs> We had, we did have some top fives and some que- other questions from the forums. But we're gonna. I, what I was thinking we could cover some of those in between covering some of these issues as a little breaking point. Sound good to you? Okay. Uh, so why don't we get into the Kessel Run? The Kessel Run. All right. So uh, I figure we'll do what we did last time, which is we'll just go through uh, publishing date. So I thought we would start with Star Wars, then That's move fine. into GI Joe, and then move into Transformers. That's fine. So now, we did issues six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Do you remember your favorite issue? Uh, uh, yeah. Mine was number six. Mine was actually number ten. Really? Yeah. Number six is actually the final chapter of the movie. Right. A New Hope. Right. I uh, wanted to give some just a little bit of tidbits on it before we get into what happens in the issue. Yeah, drop the tits on us. <laughs> so it's uh, Star Wars number six was called "Is This the Final Chapter?" Yep. It came out in December of nineteen seventy-seven. The writer was Roy Thomas, and the penciler was Howard Chaikin. And this is back when Howard Chaikin was good. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Jamie D. Um, Jack Porkins, uh, his first name was published as uh, Tano, or Tono, or Tono. Tano. It was T-O-N-O, yeah. so I pronounced it Tono, because Tono Porkins. Tono. <laughs> you're such a, you're uh, a bastard. Well, that, why do you think they called him Porkins? You hate the fat really. man. <laughs> Well, yeah, that's why I'm trying to lose weight. <laughs> <laughs> if we were both to when we go cosplay to, when we go to as, as pilots, we'd both be Porkins. <laughs> I won't be anymore. Well, I'm going to be. When, by the time we get to Baltimore, we're going to look like number 10. Wow. <laughs> wow. Just saying. Wow. Usually I'm the one in that suit. <laughs> wow. All right. So, um... Wow, seriously. Oh, by the way, for anyone that didn't see it on the forums, I can officially at least say that on the July 12th weigh-in for the big contest... I uh, had lost 13 pounds. Oh, good So in Bravo. one one month, lost 13 pounds. Bravo. So, uh, and I've lost more since, so I'm doing good. Um, so anyways, uh, he, again, his first... Did you hear that, Daryl? Yeah. 13 pounds. Keep eating the spaghetti, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Go out for a White Castle again. I, I told you, 
They didn't know what they woke when this happened. Tell, it's like what? World War II. You just woke the sleeping giant. You don't want to fuck with him. I he walk- does not want to be fucked No. I used to be an athlete. I know how to train. Yeah. <laughs> I used to be in some kind of shape. Right. And it wasn't that long ago. <laughs> shape I'm in now is round. <laughs> I'm losing the round. Circular shape. And I don't mean like I'm going to lose the round. I mean I'm losing the round. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I'm up to two miles when I'm running. Shit. Seven miles when I'm biking. <sighs> I almost passed out the driveway. <laughs> so anyways, back to Porkins. It's hot here. Uh... My he, homie, his first Morgan's. name was published as, as Tano, and in this issue, Biggs Darklighter used the nickname Piggy yeah. to refer to him. Uh, years later, West End Games Galaxy One Guide, racist, or Galaxy <laughs> Guide Number One, A New Hope, gave him the first name of Jack. But the contradiction was corrected in the article Wraith Squadron, which gave the pilot's full name as Jack Tano Porkins. Jet. Jack. 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 J E K. Uh. And then the letters column, Star Wars, uh, announces <laughs> plans to continue the comic series beyond the film adaptation. So in the little, you know, the little letter column, they mention that in there. Not so, only that, but he's going to be one of the exclusives in that yeah. Toys R Us pack. You're going back to Porkins. I moved past Porkins already. Porkins. <laughs> I can't wait to get my hands on Porkins. I am. I'm the same way. All right. So we can go with greasy paws we, over Porkins. <laughs> wow. <laughs> No, it's pork rinds. I like <laughs> you got them the two. Too. You got them confused. Barbecue pork rinds. So uh, I figure we can go this through this issue pretty quick because oh, yeah, it's, it's pretty the much the movie. movie yeah. But there are some differences. They're, again, they're all referred to as blue instead, instead of red. Of red yeah. So it's like blue, blue two squadron, and all yeah. that type of stuff. Um, blue leader, red leader. So they have they're they're going in. They have you know blue two, blue three, blue four, blue five standing by. That's Luke. Uh, yeah. Blue six and. Uh, you know, they lock S- X-Foils in attack position yeah. and all that fun like stuff. Beggars can you back on? Right. He, I, I don't think he, like, he... Maybe he does say that in he here. Does. I can't remember. Um, you get a lot more of what's going on inside Death Star. Yeah. Uh, so you see a lot of their reactions like, oh, you know, we're going to be fine. It's, we're going to be taking down the, the Rebels. and Oh, my God, they're blasting us. And we actually get Darth Vader. He's like, we're going to take him down ship to ship. But he decides to go out there almost right away. If you remember in the movie, he they s- send out the ships, and then it's a little later that when another officer comes in and says, "We at- analyze their attack, and it's a little bit, you know, more than we expected." And he's like, "I'll go out there myself." Yeah. This time he goes out there immediately. Yeah. So. Uh, to shorten it up. Right. Uh, <laughs> Only so many pages in a comic. Exactly. Then we have uh, you know Porkins gets killed uh, and. Biggs thinking, uh, so long, Piggy, you will be avenged. Yeah, so, yeah. um, it's the worst part of the whole movie. You got the typical, you know, <laughs> I, I can't shake them. Yeah. And, uh, get out of here, you're no good to me. Right. <laughs> no, we didn't get to that part yet. <laughs> um, you're no good to me back there. Get out of here. But, but all of a sudden, you know, they announce that Imperial fighters are coming, and, you know, uh, Darth Vader right away is starting to, to take them out one by one. Basically, what, and here's the line of, we're going in full throttle. Yeah. So, uh, what ends up happening? One thing that is different in this one is, if you remember the uh, one, le- the gold leader, I believe it was, whatever he he goes in and he actually gets a shot off, but it misses. Yeah. In negative, this negative. Yeah. In this, he actually never gets his shot off, mm. and he's taken down before he even gets a chance to say, you know, set up attack, for your yeah. set up for your attack run. You know, I just lost my rear deflector and all that. Yeah, fun he, gets, stuff. he gets shot and killed right away. Right away. Um, so Which is too bad for him, right? 
So then, uh, you know, Biggs basically gives up the ghost to save them. I mean, it's a little bit more heroic in this one, where I think yeah. in the movie he's a little bit more scared. He's like, you know, oh, what's going on? And boom, he's dead. Yeah. This was this You're was. Around me. I can't check him. Yeah. Um, he basically says, you know, uh, Blue Three here uh, seemed to have upset them. He's like, Biggs, there's another one on your tail. Wedge and I can't drop back to cover uh, you this time. He's like, then don't. Concentrate on hitting the exhaust port. And he basically sacrifices himself, yeah. which I think I thought was actually cooler than the, the movie. Panicking. Yeah, panicking and getting shot. His little panic attack. Yeah. So then, of course, you know, Wedge has a malfunction. This is different than the movie, too, because in the movie, Wedge, Wedge gets hit. His ship gets hit, yeah. and he has to leave. This, he just has a malfunction happen. Do you like Chewbacca's mustache? Right. <laughs> um, I said this is good chicken art. This is good chicken art. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. So it's then... Tom Selleck porn stash. Typical fashion. Han Solo shows up with a Chewbacca. The they, Falcon. They, they knock yeah. you know, one of the TIE fighters, which runs into Vader's ship, which knocks him... Him spiraling out, and again, Han Solo gives that famous line: "Let's get out of here before this yeah. thing goes supernova." Good shot, kid. That was one in a million. <laughs> oh, I thought you meant the supernova. Yeah. but here's the thing too: he says, "Good shot, kid. That was one in a million. He says that before the Death Star blows up, which in the movie he says it after the Death Star blows up. Well, it's on the next page. Yeah. Right so, um, but one of the things that's interesting too is Luke doesn't use his, um, his computer system. He basically tells them, "I'm not going to use it." And in the movie, they, they're like, Luke, you switch off your targeting system. What's wrong? He's like, nothing. I'm all right. He doesn't say, I'm not going to use it. Because yeah. in the in the comic, they're like, the boy's crazy. What the hell is he doing? Yeah. <laughs> um, so they land. They have the metal know, ceremony. The metal yeah. ceremony. Here's something interesting, too. Chewie still doesn't get a medal. Chewie still doesn't get a medal, but they address it in here. Um, they said, uh, then wordless, uh, wordlessly, Princess Leia places gold me- medallions first around Han Solo's neck, then Luke Skywalker's. Chewbacca the Wookiee, too, will have his own medal, but he will have to put it on himself. Few space princesses are that tall. So they actually addressed that he was supposed to get a medal. So, uh, and then we get next issue, a new adventure of the Star Warriors. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Lame name. <laughs> Stop All right. Warriors. So then getting into issue seven. Uh, issue seven was called New Planets, New Perils. It came out in January of 1978. His writer was Roy Thomas and Howard Chaikin. Uh, so they co-wrote it. Uh, Penciler was Howard Chaikin. Cover artist was Gil Kane. who hey, Spider-Man fame. Yeah, Spider-Man and Green Lantern fame. Uh, he actually Who's that? did... He, Come on. He actually did... Don't make me hit you. <laughs> don't make me hurt you. Um, he actually did the next three cover, this cover and the next two after it. So, uh, The characters of Crimson Jack, Para, Jolly, and Azura made their first appearances in this issue, but only Jack and Jolly would see more appearances in the series later. Uh, the unnamed cyborg that Han and Chewbacca helped bury bears a distinct and presumably intentional resemblance to Therok which is a villain from the DC Comics Legion of Superheroes, a science fiction superhero series set in the 30th century. Roy Thomas, who scripted this issue, went on to write several issues of Legion comic book series in 1981. So maybe he took this look, yeah, or, this is, it, yeah. or this is what he thought a cyborg looked like, so that when he made that character in that series, or drew that yeah. character, wrote that character. I've drawn robots before. Yeah, I've written robots before. This is what I think he should look I like. I can do this. Right. This is easy. Uh, the <laughs> letter paying me <laughs> <laughs> to draw the same character, write the same character. Yeah. Um, the letters column, Star Words, uh, 
uh, stated that the comic series would focus on the characters Han Solo and Chewbacca until George Lucas has a better idea of where the story of the second film would go. So at that and time, yeah. they were already talking about the second film. And that's that's pretty much what they did yep. in the next couple issues. It uh, focuses on those guys. Exactly. It said, it said uh, this issue's Marvel bullpen bulletins announced that Marvel Special Edition featuring Star Wars 2, reprinting the first three issues of the film adaptation, was available at the time in this issue's release. So they oh, mentioned cool. that in this, that, hey, we're going to be doing a reprinting. So, so uh, issue seven. Uh, well, what can we say? No. <laughs> it was good. It was good. Um, no, I, I do enjoy Now I'm glad we're getting into these past the movie issues because yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a little bit more fun to read. Yeah, because you don't know exactly where they're going. Right. This is before Empire Strikes Back, right. before the holiday special right. abortion. <laughs> they uh, also. So these are comic guys coming up with stories. Let's right. see. Let's focus it on Han and Chewie. Let's see what's going on. One thing I thought was interesting, too, is that since they don't have the next movie out yet, obviously, by the time this came out, they treated it, since it's Marvel, they basically treated these characters almost like having superhero costumes because they never changed their clothes. No, no. (laughs) Princess Leia's still wearing the white dress. dress. Luke's still wearing his Tatooine stuff. Basically, what it is is, um, if you want to think about these are these are continuity. Oh, yeah. So George Lucas said the comics are in back, continuity. Back then. Yeah. This was the continuity back then. <laughs> yeah. But it's like... It's changed. <laughs> yeah. Before before the rebels find their base on Hoth, this is what happens. Yeah. So if you want to put it in some kind of perspective, yep. if you just know the movies. Yeah. So this takes this picks up right where the movie ended, where Han Solo gets his reward. He says, I got to go pay off some, some debts. Luke, you know, you're welcome to come with us. Luke's like, no, I got to help the rebels find a new base. Yeah. Um, so Lowen's house is gone. Right. <laughs> got nowhere to go. Kind of homeless right now. I didn't so, think about this thing through. Right. So uh, Han is dead. I got through this stuff. And- you done? <laughs> it's a long trip back to Tatooine. I got things to think about. Wow. Han and Chewie set out to go pay Jabba the Hutt, who's still being called with one T at the end of his name. Yeah. Um, and they fly out. Chewbacca shaved. Yeah. No, no mustache. <laughs> shaved a little bit. Um, and they get uh, hijacked by space pirates. It happens. What are you going to do? Yep. So, uh, basically, space pirate they, get, they, get brought, <laughs> yeah, they get brought in by a tractor beam. They can't escape. Pirates come on board. Uh, basically hold them hostage, and that's where we get, you know, the captain and Jolly and uh, who we, we will see later. Um, Crimson Jack shows up again at some point. Uh, Solo knows exactly who he is. They know who Solo is. They basically, just, uh, they want, uh, Jolly wants to kill Solo. Yeah. But. Uh, they're, they're known to each other. But uh, Jack says, no, no, if we kill him, then if he gets another cargo, in the future, if he's dead, he'll never get that cargo that we could then steal that one yeah, again. So, again. Yeah, so let's keep him alive. So basically, they strand him. He has to find a place where he can get some repairs done to his his uh, Millennium Falcon. Mm-hmm. So they land on a planet called Aduba 3. So, Aduba Dooby Doo. So they walk into town and. Wow. That's just a little too long. <laughs> a little too long. My bad. It's like Family Guy. It just went a little too long. Just a little Which is what made it funny. <laughs> so anyways, back to the issue. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> uh, Han and Chewie come across in town uh, like a basically a priest yeah. who's getting attacked because he wants to bury a cyborg who was a soldier. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the townspeople don't believe in, in cybernetics. Cyborgs, yeah. 
So he helps fend them off, and the priest guy says, I'll pay you if you help escort us you know, to the burial site. So Han agrees to doing so. Chewie's like, I don't think it's such a good Wrong. idea. Okay. Um, and, and Chewie still doesn't. There's no word bubbles. <laughs> there's no word bubbles. It's but, all but just But just like the movie... Based on what Han reacts, yeah, you can tell what you can yeah. tell what Chewbacca said. So basically, uh, Han gets knocked off of his bantha that he was riding to take the body up. They get surrounded by a bunch of uh, like another ambush ambush yeah. guys, and uh, Chewbacca helps you know turn the tide because he's super strong and takes him down. Uh, the priest even jumps into the fight, but they find out that the the bantha, which looks like a a hippo by this point. It's like a purple hippo. <laughs> it doesn't even look like a bantha anymore. Uh, he he was taken out by a stray shot. So they're like, how are we going to get this up there? Well, Chewbacca, you know, Han Solo's obviously you don't know. You've never met a Wookiee before. He's super he strong. Carries it, yeah. And he just picks it up and carries it. So they carry it up. Uh, all's well that ends well. They go back for some drinks. Han starts hitting on a blue chick. Uh, he's going to be somebody's girlfriend. Well, we get to that next issue. Yeah, I'm, I'm setting the, I'm setting the, the uh, stage. Han looks back to see how Chewie's doing. Chewie's got two babies of his own. Yeah, he's got a couple of girls. One looks so. like a clown with uh, cupcakes on his boobs. So. <laughs> right. so, so it's all growing. So it's all good. Yeah, so. uh, then we had... Uh, all Is sudden, he, that Dazzler he's got? Then all, sudden we, we, oh. <laughs> all of a sudden we get three like monk-looking guys, like something from Kung Fu, yeah, walk in. ninjas, and I'm like, oh, shit. And they're like, we have a proposal for you. Shit just got real. He said, unless, <laughs> of, he says, unless, of course, you have an unfortunate aversion to dying. So, next issue, Trouble in Paradise. Dun, 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 dun. So then we have uh, issue eight. Next issue, next issue. Tickets to Paradise. <laughs> <laughs> it's Eddie Money. Wow, really? <laughs> I like Eddie Money. I like Eddie Money, too. So, uh, Star Wars number eight. Uh, it's eight. It was called Eight for Aduba or Aduba Three. So Aduba Three. Yeah. Eight for Aduba Three came out in February of 1978. Its writers were Roy Thomas and Howard Chaykin again, and penciler was Howard Chaykin again. Cover was done by Gil Kane. Uh, Jackson was, uh, which was a giant green bunny in this <laughs> shoe. If you ever seen Bucky O'Hare, this is what that's that's him. what Jackson looks like. That's yeah. him. Except Jackson came first. So, Jackson was created by Roy Thomas and Howard Chaykin for use in Marvel Star Wars, uh, this particular issue. A large anthropomorphic bunny. He was created in, in uh, homage to Warner Brothers cartoon star Bugs Bunny, who often addressed strangers with the generic nickname Jackson in his 1940s cartoons. That's where the name came from. I thought it was, what's up, Doc? Well, right. <laughs> but then he would, when he would say someone's name, he'd be like, what's up, Jackson? <laughs> is that how that really goes? No. Are you making a show? No, he, but they said he actually would refer to people as Jackson. Bugs uh, Bunny was so racist. It was awesome. Uh, so then, you like Bugs Bunny. I love him. Yeah. So, that's probably because you're racist. Wow. Uh, 
<laughs> but obviously, it was spelled Jackson, J-A-C-K-S-O-N, when Bugs Bunny would do it, and this is J-X-X-O-N. Uh, Jackson and the Lepi species, which is the species he was, bear a remarkable similarity to the Larry Hama character of Bucky O'Hare. How about that? From 1984. Yeah. So Larry Hama... They can't all be gems. <laughs> Larry Hama actually created Bucky O'Hare. I'm still going Nice little Star Joe's cross there. <laughs> I, I don't hold him responsible. Uh, and Bucky O'Hare was also a large green rabbit. Uh, another character, Jazz Jackrabbit, also shares a striking similarity. So, uh, the Star Wars letters column mentions that between the the three editions of Star Wars comic adaptations in print at that time, the regular Marvel Star Wars series, the Marvel Special Edition featuring Star Wars one and two, and the Marvel Comics Illustrated version of Star Wars, there were more than two million copies of the comics version in of the story in print. Nice. So pretty sold awesome. well. Yeah, sold very well. So, getting into the issue, uh, this is where we come across Han Solo finding out that uh, the blue lady had a boyfriend. Yeah, and he's age a, one. He's a little jealous. Uh, big green lizard looking guy. <laughs> and uh, he basically throws Han. Uh, Han's, of course, looking for Chewie, going, um, yeah, where, where the hell did he go? <laughs> yeah, and, he's in the back with the babes. Right, so Han gets thrown across the bar into some guys who then want to fight him as well. One's like some robotic-looking guy with a giant brain on top of his head. Uh, the big green guy shows up again and punches Han in the face. And then Chewie catches him. Yeah, hey. So, <laughs> yeah, he's like, uh, and Han's like, I was just thinking about you. <laughs> And then Chewie walks up and takes a few shots to the face and chest by the big lizard guy, kind of laughs it off, and then throws the guy through the window. Yeah. Um, then they see if anyone else would like to take them on, find out that no one else would. And uh, this is when the, uh, you know, the Kung Fu guys approach him saying, hey, you think you could help us out with a problem? And they tell him about this guy named Sergi X. Uh, Aragontis, which I thought was kind of funny name because he's arrogant. Yeah, um, he's he comes every year to take a bunch of their food, take their women, and then he disappears for a year again. It so he's about to show up again. Uh, so they they want to know if Han will help him. He says because he needs money to fix the Falcon. He's like sure, but I need to get a team together. So he starts doing auditions, and he has uh, the first character comes in. His name is Hedgy. And he's a species that can actually shoot quills from his body. He's like a giant porcupine. Porcupine, yeah. Yeah, that wears a cape. <laughs> he doesn't use a gun. He just shoots his quills. Uh, yeah, right off his arm. Yeah. Then we have uh, a chick in a bikini show up whose name is Amaza. She's uh, amazing. I bet she's Amaza. <laughs> she's got like, little underwears on and go-go boots right. and a little bikini top. And she's from a group called the Black Hole Gang, which I thought was kind of interesting because later on in Star Wars lore, there's a group called the Black Suns. Oh, yeah, maybe. So I, I, I just thought well, maybe they pulled some inspiration from that. So uh, she's very familiar with Solo. He's familiar with her. He knows that she's a good shot, so he's going to go ahead and, and take her on uh, yeah, he's more, in his more little, ways than one. He's getting his little <laughs> band of personal rebels together. Right. So then comes in a guy who says that he's a Jedi Knight, yeah. Uh, even though they're all supposed to be dead, and uh, his name is Don Juan Quixote. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> Little play on Don Juan and Don Quixote. Yeah, whatever. Hey. So uh, he says, "I, you know, I'll use my lightsaber to help fight for justice, peace, and justice." And 
Han's like, you know, that saber might come in handy. Let's go ahead and bring him aboard. It's always good to have a Jedi with you. Right, exactly. This guy looks older than Ben Kenobi. <laughs> he does, he does. Um, then we have uh, Bucky O'Hare, <laughs> Jackson, yeah, waiting in line. But he gets knocked aside by the big green lizard guy who wants to be part of the group. But uh, Jackson decides, you know what? Uh, you just knocked me over. Evidently, you don't know about my big feet. And yeah, kicks him. Kicks him down the stairs. Or... Uh, he does refer to himself as a bunny, and yeah. a rabbit, and a rodent, which I find kind of interesting. Well, he goes, I ain't no rodent. The guy, right. uh, yeah. lizard guy calls him a rodent. Yeah. But he does refer to himself as a bunny and a rabbit, which yeah. it's like, I thought that was Earth, know Earth term, Earth terms, but yeah. whatever. Uh, then there's a character. for our benefit. Right. Exactly. <laughs> then there's a guy that shows up, a kid that shows up. He calls himself the Star Killer Kid, which I thought was very interesting because if you remember right... They originally were going to call Luke Skywalker Star Killer, Killer, yeah, uh, which is used later on instead of Skywalker for well, it's used later on Star Killer for the video game of uh, Force Unleashed, Uh, and he has a robot named Fe Nine Q who just goes by the name Effie, yeah, and Effie's kind of bitches all the time uh, about how he basically does all the work for Star Killer. Yeah, that's that half robot, half half tank treads, yeah. Um, so Han's like, all right, uh, this kid kind of reminds me of another young blonde guy that I knew at one time. So he's like, I, this is my favorite part. It's like a dream, dreamy sequence. Like he's sitting there and he says, I wonder what he's up to about now, right about now. Mm. (laughs) Uh, So then we have, uh, we go back to Luke boarding, uh, a shuttle, taking R2 and 3PO with them and Leia basically, you know, going to miss them. Yeah, it's getting a little uncomfortable considering the information we know. <laughs> there's no, there's no kiss, there's no embrace. No, no, but there's no tongue. She looks very longingly on him. <laughs> yeah, I'll miss you. Right, and uh, she says, "May the force be with you." And uh, he blasts off, and to try to find out, uh, you know, find another planet. He he thinks about what all has happened before, so he got a little recap of, you know, Han and everything, and. He kind of, you know, Han thinks about, we go back to Han and he's thinking that Luke's probably having a lot more fun than he is. Right. Uh, little does he know. So they got their little band together. Han's got his little group together and all of a sudden Sergi. We're getting the band back together. Right. <laughs> Sergi X shows up and who does he have on his side but the big green lizard guy. <laughs> yeah. The guy he didn't take on his team. Yeah, Han didn't take on his team. So, uh. And the shit just got real. Basically, Starkiller <laughs> wants to shoot him right there. But Amazo, or Amaza, she, Amazo, DC character, yeah. DC villain, Ama- Amaza, she bops uh, Starkiller in the back of the head, pretty much knocking him out, which was a good thing because they weren't ready to take him on yet. So yeah. that was the end of that issue. So then we have issue number nine. Number nine. Number nine? Number nine. Number nine. All right. So issue number nine, it's called Showdown on Wasteland World. It came out in March of 1978. It was writer Roy Thomas, penciler Howard Chaikin, and again, artist was Gil Kane. Uh, this issue includes a special included a special pinup page of Han, Chewbacca, Luke, and Leia drawn by Howard Chaikin. Mm, there you so, go. That's all the information I really had on this issue. <laughs> Going back to where we left off, yeah. we have all the guys riding Banthas. Uh, we get a nice little recap of what led up to everything there. Uh, we then have Don, them referring to who's all on the team. And on this one, Don Juan Quixote is spelled differently than it was in the last issue. <laughs> on this issue, it's spelled K-I-O-T-I. In the previous issue, it was spelled K-I-H-O-T-Y. So Yeah, hey, whatever. 
So, you know. Uh, so they do a little recap there. Uh, they see some birds in the distance, it seems like. So it's approaching the town they're going to. So they're like, hey, let's go, go get them. Let's go see what's going on there. And we find out that they're not really birds. They're called... Um, they're like a race of people. Yeah, they're. I'm trying to remember what the heck they're called here. Anyways, whatever the hell they're called. <laughs> All right, so we have these bird creature things. They're like almost like harpies. Yeah. Uh, they come swooping down. They're trying to take the, the maize stalks, which is a staple staple uh, crop for the town. Yeah. And corn. Han starts blasting. Notice that they're susceptible to blaster shots, which you would think most things are. Word. Uh, they all... Do some practice, uh, take their practice by shooting them all. Han happens to notice a girl basically in a bikini. Who don't? Uh, which seems to be a common thread in the Star Wars comics. Uh, she's about to get attacked by one, but he knows that if he shoots it, it's going to land and crush her anyway. So he he rides over there on a bantha, shoots it in, in its mouth, blasting its head off, and saves the, the girl. And he's like, she's you know kind of young, but she's still good looking, so... You know, I'll give her a ride back to town. So she's only seventeen. So, so they get back to town and, and they meet the the uh, guy named Ancho, who's the head of the village there. And he find, Han finds out that the girl he just saved was his daughter Mary. He's like, "Oh, your daughter? Okay, yeah, how did that happen?" <laughs> so uh, then we get a little flash over to Princess Leia and Luke, where uh, Luke is trying to find out uh, find a place for them. And he actually finds a good spot, so he radio transmissions, because they have to keep the radio transmissions short, he radio transmissions a brief message back to Leia saying, I found a place, but then all of a sudden something happens in the transmission, and it gets cut off. Leia decides, you know what, I'm going to do what I originally was planning to do, which is head out there myself anyways. Now, at this point, Luke Skywalker does have C-3PO and R2-D2 with him. Yes. So that's where they're at. Yeah. I mentioned they boarded the shuttle. You weren't listening to me. You were texting people. No, I knew what you were <laughs> So then uh, while Han is in the town, this old guy comes up who's like a prune face. Uh, he is He's like the father of Ancho. And he says, you know, back when I was a, a youth, there was a, a, a story about what you could do to help protect the town. But Han decides he's not going to listen to him. All of a sudden, X shows up. And what happens here is their Hans group takes out some of their guys. They take they actually end up uh, blasting uh, Effie because Effie sacrifices himself to save Starkiller, the kid. Uh, the Amaze almost gets taken down, but Don Juan Quixote uses lightsaber, but then he gets shot in the back and he gets knocked down. So they're getting a little outnumbered, and they don't really know what's going to happen. But then all of a sudden, they notice that the old man who was trying to talk to them before is, you know, yelling out chants and everything else. This giant lizard shows up. Yeah. And next we have Day of the Behemoth. Going into issue ten, the Our last of the Star Wars ones. Last Star Wars issue today. And this was my favorite one out of all of them. So okay. We had uh, again Star Wars number ten, Behemoth from the World Below. It was called. April of 1978 is when it came out. Writers were Donald Glute, Howard Chaikin, and Roy Thomas. So three writers on it. Three pencilers on it, which wow. was Howard Chaikin, Tom Palmer, and Alan Kupperberg, which we will hear the name Alan Kupperberg later on. Uh, this issue's Star Wars letters, letters page has writer Roy Thomas announced that he and penciler Howard Chaikin will be leaving the series and that Archie Goodwin and Carmine Infantino will be taking over. 
Archie Goodwin, a lot of Star Wars people know that name. Yeah, absolutely. The reason for Chaikin was that he wanted to do other types of art, and the reason for Thomas was, quote-unquote, a bit more complicated and personal. Yeah. So Marvel pissed him off or His something. wife said no. <laughs> Marvel pissed him off a little bit. Probably. Uh, so getting into the issue, we have this giant lizard. Just starts attacking all of Sergi X's guys. Mm-hmm. He's got a laser that shoots off of this fin. And Han and the rest of his group are just kind of trying to stay out of the way of falling rocks and, and everything. But then Sergi X notices that the old man is the one controlling the lizard. So he's like, if I can't take out the lizard, I'll take out the old man. Take out his controller, yeah. Well, the lizard ends up stomping on both of them yeah. with a big splat, <laughs> which causes, of course, the lizard to now be out of control, attacking everybody. Uh, Jackson tries to take him on himself, and of course, can't. So Amaza actually has to rescue him, and Jackson's like, hey, you know, maybe we can make some beautiful music together. Hey, how about she's that? like, not in your life. So I don't date bunnies. Right. <laughs> Han decides that they need to make a plan together, but, of course, the monster keeps getting in the way. So Don Juan Quixote decides he's a Jedi Knight. I'm going to go take it down myself. While he's planning to do that, we see that Leia is actually located the area where Luke disappeared, and she's trying to find out you know, what exactly happened. So we still don't know what happened. Yeah. We flash back to Don Juan Quixote with his lightsaber, and we notice that the creature, all of a sudden Han notices that the creature doesn't seem to like the lightsaber at all, kind of shies away from it a little bit. Yeah. Uh, the pincushion porcupine guy, he heads out to help uh, defend Don Juan Quixote, but his spines, which would normally take out somebody, seem to have almost no, no effect, effect on, on the, the big the lizard. hard skin. Yeah. Right. Han wants to get out there really quickly. Yeah, he realizes that the lightsaber, the the creature doesn't like it when he's struck on the head with a lightsaber. Right. And Don Juan Quixote really can't do it, so Because he's, he he's weak. He so, grabs the lightsaber, which is the first time. Well, first what happens is Chewie grabs Han to run him out there really quick, because he yeah. has to get out there quickly. Or so, he's going to get killed. So he, Chewie carries Han like a little bitch. Yeah. <laughs> runs out there. And he grabs the lightsaber yep. from him, and he starts swacking at it. Well, he, what he does is stabs it in the foot. <laughs> yeah. And the thing goes freaking nuts. And then after all of that, the it starts shooting its laser, which causes it to overload. And basically it takes out itself. Yeah. itself. So at the end of the story, Han thanks the whole group. Starkiller, who thought he was going to leave, all of a sudden has Mary looking at him, which she looks a lot younger in the one in panel. That, yeah. she, the, just the one panel, she looks really young. Like 12 with right. overdeveloped boobs. And Starkiller's like, you never I'm noticed me before. Here. And she's like, I'm looking at you now. Yeah. Jim. Just, so his name was Jim. Yeah, just shut up. And <laughs> Take uh, the sweet loving. Then she gives a quick kiss to Han. On the cheek. Yeah, and the she cheek. was rolling his eyes in the yeah. background. <laughs> and uh, they decide to ride off. And then the next issue is going to be Star Wars. Continues with the search for Luke Skywalker. Yep. So the those... team's down one member because he stays for the Punani. <laughs> <laughs> so that that's the end of that issue. Well, do you want to get into a few of these questions yeah. that we got yeah, let's here? Let's do that. So speaking of Star Wars, I thought one thing we should do is we did mention we were going to mention our top five figures. So yeah. I thought since we just the covered Star Wars. Sure, yeah, yeah. So let's go over the Star Wars ones as far as the ones we had that were our favorite figures that we had when we were kids. Okay. So go ahead and you can yeah. start. Do you want to just read them all off or in no particular yeah. order? Yeah, go ahead. Read them all, all right, off. The ones that I played with the most I, as a child, no particular order, uh, Luke Skywalker and the X-Wing. Okay. 
Uh, Han Solo. Bespin. Okay. Bespin. Bespin. Okay. Uh, Stormtrooper. Okay. My one and only. One and only. Stormtrooper. You were just like me, yeah. Uh, Nikto. Okay. Which is the skiff guard. Right. Uh, uh, I, mean, I think I had him, but I, I didn't have Barada. That's who I no, had. No, not the other one. This was the uh, the three-horned one. Yeah. Uh, came with... Uh, Along the side of his face. You were pointing to your head. No one yeah, could see you. It's, the, it's yeah, radio. Three horns on the top it's of his head. It's radio. It's radio. <laughs> uh, it was basically a, a Jedi character. Yeah. And the last one was 88, which is the white droid. Well, he was a Return of the Jedi character. He wasn't a Jedi character. Return of the Jedi. That's what I meant. Yeah. 88, which was a white droid. Oh, okay. Because I didn't have C-3PO, so he was my C-3PO. He was the one that, uh, those robots would be the ones that were torturing the, the other robots. The other he robots in Jabba's palace. Okay. When they're dropping the hot things down in the robot, right. they go, ah! Yeah. Which robot, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> Roll with it, I'm a kid. <laughs> Alright. That was my, my droid. Okay. So I played with him a lot. I bet you did. <laughs> my Star Wars were, uh, my favorite yeah. Star Wars were uh, Yoda. Okay. No big surprise with the orange snake. And Didn't have Yoda as a kid. Uh, I had Jedi Luke, which was him in his black costume with the he had the robe and he yeah. had, he had the, the black, black hand. hand. Yeah. Uh, Palace Guard Lando, which was Jabba's palace where he had the helmet. Oh yes, uh, that was Guard my Lando, that yeah. was my favorite Lando. So nice. Uh, Boba Fett. Oh okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I loved my Boba Fett figure and a biker scout. Okay. That was one of my favorites. Also, it was one of my favorite characters in the movie, but it was also like I was I like this form of stormtrooper a lot. I had an honorable mention, which was the Rancor, because it wasn't really a figure. Yeah. So that's why I put his honorable mention. Yeah, you could probably put it in there. But big figure. But yeah, it was a big figure. <laughs> Beast size. You could be a big figure too. Yeah, um, can. <laughs> so then we also had uh, someone on the forums. Uh, well, Wolfman Z, uh, who posts these, says, "How about a top five of favorite actors, actresses that you will watch in a movie for name alone? So you go see the movie because they're in it." Yeah. I, I didn't really. I really don't do that. I don't either. go see movies just because certain people are in it. I might be more swayed to a movie because someone's in it, but I don't go, oh, that guy's in it or this woman's in it. it, I have to see that movie. But just for, you know, shits and giggles, I came up with five actors, actresses I really like their work. Uh, Again, no particular order. Uh, Morgan Freeman. I have Morgan Freeman on my list. Gene Hackman. I have Gene Hackman on my list. (laughs) Harrison Ford. I did not have my... I almost had him on my list. Robert De Niro. Okay. And Tom Hanks. Okay. Uh, the other three that I had that you didn't have on your list, uh, Denzel Washington. Okay. Uh, Clint Eastwood. Yeah, oh yeah, sure. And uh, Jack Nicholson. Yeah, Clint almost made my list, yeah. Yeah. There is a, there's a pack out there called Clint right oh, yeah. now on Amazon. I saw a trailer for it on one of the DVDs I was watching, but it's just called Clint. It's for like 90 bucks. It's all his movies? It's 35 of his movies. <laughs> Whether he directed it or was in it, most of them he was in it. Yeah, but you do get you do get some bad ones like Ridges of Madison County, Ridges of Madison County, yeah. stuff like that. But you get like Million Dollar Baby, you get Unforgiven, you get uh, Fistful, Fistful of Dollars. Dollars. It's all the stuff Aim that he high. all the stuff he did with Warner Brothers. Oh, cool! So yeah. it's thirty five movies. Like there's some good movies in there that he directed that I don't think Probably he was in, like Western like stuff, Mystic yeah. River. I don't think he was in it, but yeah. he directed it. You also get, uh, what was the one he did recently? It was based on a car. It was the name, name of the car, the type of car it was. Grand Gran Torino. Yeah, okay, yeah. That was an awesome movie. Wasn't he with that, that uh, was it the cop movie where he's the buddy cop to somebody else? No, the Gran Torino, this is the one where he's like a retired old man living in his house and it's in a slumming neighborhood. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And it doesn't end the way you think a Clint Eastwood movie is going to end. Yeah, okay. So it was really good. 
Uh, but I was like, 90 bucks for 35 movies. That's a pretty that's good deal. Yeah. <laughs> a couple bucks a flick, yeah. So uh, then we had Blue Beetle give us a whole bunch of top fives. We'll do a, maybe a couple here. Sure. Uh, he said, five worst toy lines or action figure lines, not counting generic ripoffs that you find at dollar stores and Walmart. So these were ones that you know maybe we had as a kid or just are out now or when whenever that you just don't think are very good. <laughs> yeah, again, no particular order here. I put uh, worst toy lines or figures, uh, Waterworld figures. Yeah, the movie those, sucked. those are bad. Figures. The Green Lantern movie figures I had on my list, yeah. those are horrible. Five points of articulation at this point in the game is just uncalled for. Yeah. Um, the G.I. Joe Eco Warriors line, that subset. I didn't mind the I don't Eco mind, Warriors I don't like the, much. I don't like the bright colors. The whole thing was just disgusting mm-hmm. to me. I can handle those more than some of the other later lines. Uh, the Crash Test Dummies had their own I remember line. those, Those yeah. are horrible. Uh, and Snout Spout of the Masters Universe game. <laughs> I hate that character. Absolutely hate Elephant Head Dude. I'll, I mean, I'll, seriously. I'll take Snout Spout over Mechanic. I would not. No. <laughs> you were dead to me, sir. Um, mine, Your inner child has just died. Mine was uh, Capsules. Do you remember those? No. It was like little bubbles. I'm probably glad I don't. They were like building things, but it was like bubbles with like eight connector pieces they would interchange and there was gears inside each one you connect that up to something and you'd make like a, a car that would roll but they were like these bubbles like that you put together and I was like no, no I don't I had it as a kid but it was like it, it, it didn't have a lot of playability so I'm glad I didn't uh, the original Thundercats line toy line oh you didn't like it I I would go to a store and be like, I like Thundercats, and I'd go see the figures, and I'd be like, I don't like Thundercats. <laughs> yeah, they were... The yeah. original toy line was not very good, except for the, the Cat's Lair and the Thunder Tank. The I thought the, figures the, themselves the Lino thing was okay with the one with the little thing glowing, the eyes. And glowing eyes. But I didn't like the figures. They all had a little gimmick in the back. You flip yeah. the button, and their didn't mind arms the, go up and down. I didn't mind the gimmick, but I didn't think that the figures looked that well. They looked a little stiff. and like Yeah, so. at the time, you know, with yeah. LJN or yeah. something like that, yeah. Uh, Mego. I was never into Mego. <laughs> I had a couple of them. I had a lot of Migos. I had Hulk and I had Spider-Man. I had Spider-Man. I, had, I For some reason, I had Hulk out to this day. I don't know why. I actually buried that in the front yard <laughs> of the house that we had. Uh, but, uh, but I had I Batman and Robin. I had Superman. Yeah. yeah. Um, Silver was my favorite. Silverhawks. I yeah, like right. I like the show, movies, but the thing was the figures you couldn't do anything with them other than pop their wings out. Yeah, it was kind of crappy figures. So, yeah. um, and then, but like I said, I like Silverhawks. I'm a big fan of Silverhawks, but I just I didn't think the figures were that good. From they, back they, then. Need, they need some updated figures. Yeah, yeah but that's a, a niche market. They need they need updated everything. <laughs> Again, <it's laughs> let's bring Silverhawks back. It's a niche market. I don't know if you let's bring Mask back first, then we'll bring Silverhawks back. Uh, then I said, I, I said pretty much almost any movie toy line after Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> so my examples were Avatar, A-Team, Green Lantern, Avengers. Even, like, to me, even the Avengers figures, while the vehicles might look cool, the figures don't look that great. Yeah. So. Those A-Team toys sucked. Yeah, they did. So, uh, and then one more we'll hit before we go into the issues here. Five comic book characters you like or follow, no matter how bad the book is. He said, my number one is Blue Beetle. Imagine that. Yeah. I I, I only came up with four. I, I, wow. I struggled to think of another one that I would follow no matter what. I I have Spider-Man, mm-hmm. uh, Batman, mm-hmm. He-Man, Spider-Man, and G.I. Joe. Okay. I, I, I can't think of anything else that I would follow and get no matter what. I have uh, Green Lantern. Okay. Uh, Flash. Shock. Yeah, big shocker. <laughs> X-Men, some form of X-Men. Oh, U- Jesus, usually man. Uncanny X-Men. 
uh, bat, some Batman book I have to be getting. Okay, Batman. I can respect that choice. Right. And uh, some type of Star Wars comic. Okay. I, I will yeah. always get a Star Wars comic. So uh, so those those are mine. Uh, all right, let's get into some more issues here. Uh, back, back to the Castle Run. Okay. G.I. Joe will return after these messages. Do you like retro shows? Did you grow up in either the 80s or the 90s? Then tune into Telecast, GeekCastRadio.com's newest podcast. Join us here on the Telecast as we revisit some of your favorite shows, such as Clarissa Explains It All, Salute Your Shorts, Saved by the Bell, and much, much more, only on GeekCastRadio.com. TuneCast is dedicated to the cartoons we grew up with. 100 episodes and more make up one of the GCRN's most popular podcasts. Join hosts TFG and Mike, Optimus Solo, Terror the Rising Star, and tons of guest hosts. We also have voice actor and writer interviews. Tune in to TuneCast as we look back on the cartoons that defined us as geeks. You can find TuneCast on iTunes and the web at www.geekcastradio.com. Tune in. Emerging from the dark humor that was the Beast Unleashed podcast, Steve Megatron, TFG and Mike, Pecan Court Michael, and the Cybertronian correspondent Optimus Solo move on to Transformers Animated with Transformation Animation Podcast. 20 episodes covering all three seasons of the cartoon, the books, and the awesome toy line. We will also have cast and crew interviews, so get tapped with GCRN's next Transformers franchise podcast, Transformation Animation Podcast, available on iTunes and the web at www.geekcast.com. Radio.com. Get your tap on. Decepticons, transform and rise up. Hey, I'm Gary. I'm Greg. I'm Chuck. And I'm Justin. Join the four of us every week on the internet's number one G.I. Joe podcast, What's On Joe Mind. That's right. It's Joe News, reviews, and special guests like you've never heard them before delivered right to your MP3 player. Think of it as Joe Talk meets Sports Talk. And we make fun of Chuck. Right. Hey. We're just kidding, Chuck. Kind of. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes Chuck makes fun of himself. Right. Hey. It's What's On Joe Mind. Every week on the GeekCast Radio Network, InsidePulse.com, Stitcher Smart Radio, and iTunes. Download and listen today. Can I say something about Transformers? No! Now, back to G.I. Joe. The Castle Alright, now we're going to cover G.I. Joe. Oh, and boy. these are G.I. Joe 6, 7, 8, 9, and 10. Uh, so number six we had was uh, to fail is to conquer, to succeed is to die. Is what do you, was title. Do you remember your favorite out of the five that we read? Uh, yeah, mine was the Springfield issue number ten. Okay, yeah. Again, so I, I really liked that one out of all of them. Mine was. Uh, let me get to the page here. I think it was number seven was my favorite. The second part of the October Guard one. Yeah, that okay. was my favorite. Okay. So in uh, number six, December it came out December of nineteen eighty two. Uh, writers were Larry Hama and Herb Trimpey. And, and uh, Penciler was Herb Trimpey. Yeah. A uh, couple of things to point out with this issue. Grand Slam's name is in the in Hawk's roster, but Flash is the one who actually participates in the mission. Yeah, I noticed that. They kept calling Grand Slam Flash, or yeah. maybe they put it in the wrong... The Roger Shubin Flash instead. Yeah. They make, you know, first it's Flash. First appearances are Colonel Breckoff, uh, CIA man. <laughs> Dana, yeah, yeah, he never comes back. Dana... Horror show. That's the October Guard, right? Yeah. Shrage and Stormovic. Sure. Uh, 
October Surge. October Guard was originally spelled October like the month. Yeah, but they, they didn't have the yeah. K. Uh, and then one thing related to the real world that takes place with this story is the Afghani rebels at war with the Russians presented in this issue were true to current events of the time. Americans did indeed give weapons to these freedom fighters in the Cold War. Post-Cold War, they eventually uh, would eventually organize into the Taliban. And we know what happened there. Yeah, so. that's not good. So, uh, A couple things I noticed while reading this um, before you, you break into song. Yeah. Clutch. Yeah. We know him as a figure with a beard. Yeah. In this issue, he's clean-shaven. Yeah. And also, he, he does a lot of uh, hitting on Scarlet, which we'll soon see here. Yeah. In multi-issues. It, yeah, it almost seemed like they were going to try to develop a relationship with between them or those, force yeah. one between them. I don't really know. Not only that, but the Steeler does sometimes have a 5 o'clock shadow and sometimes he doesn't. Right. Whereas Clutch... Needs the five o'clock shadow, and he doesn't have one. Doesn't have it. Same thing with uh, he with Breaker here. He shaved that day. Breaker. We know him as a character with a beard, but he's not with a beard here. He's, they're young versions of them. They yeah, they're younger. They yeah. shaved back yeah. then. All right, so getting I mean, from panel to panel, we we see five o'clock shadow, know, not five o'clock shadow. Yeah, it must be happening. Along. We see Clutch here, uh, you know, without a beard, and down yeah. here, hey, he's got a beard. So. Yeah. The, the the beard comes and goes for some of these guys, and sometimes it's on the wrong guy, and sometimes it's on somebody else, and. The whole Flash Grand Slam thing. But if you can get past, you know, only a super dirty fan like us would right. find that anyway. So. <laughs> all right. So we had uh, to kind of go through these here. We have all the guys are heading back to all the groups heading back to base after their last mission. And Hawk, of course, shows up and says, I got another mission for you guys. Get together in five minutes. He says, this is a satellite. This Russian satellite went down. Uh, they want to collect it. So they talked to some freedom fighters in the area who are going to help them who kind of stashed it away for them. So they're going to send out, but of course Cobra knows about it as well. Right. So who wants to go out and get this thing? They take a, a thing called a RTV, which is a rough terrain vehicle, which is something that they can, they can drop in parachutes and it's very lightweight, they but can, then they, they can, can assemble, assemble it yeah. really quick. So since everyone, of course, volunteers for the mission, he picks six people, which is stalkers. I figured everybody would would want to go, so here's the six people who are going. So he's like stalker, scarlet, clutch, stealer, grand slam, and breaker. And again, grand slam is actually flash. Ends up being flash. So they realistically, figure wise, it's the same right figure except for the head is grunt and the flash's head is flash. Right, and and the, the. different colored gloves and brown and black. So So then we see, uh, when they fly out, we see a communication go out to Cobra saying six people, six units went out. This is where they're going. Here's their, you know, coordinates. It's code word chameleon, which I found kind of humorous since in IDW we have a chameleon character now. And... The code word is chameleon. But Hawk is a person called Songbird. Right. And he's in shadow the whole time. And then all of a sudden they reveal that it is General Hawk, which I said to you, it's one of two things. Either, one, they were thinking about trying to show Hawk as a traitor, but then there would probably be some reason later on why he was doing it. But there never was that. So I do have another theory, but we'll wait till we get to the end of this issue before, or the end of the next issue before I reveal what that was, my thought on that was. But, you know, why keep him in shadow for so long and then all of a sudden show him? So that kind of threw me off there. Basically, the plane flies over the desert, the drop zone, they get the green light, they parachute out, they get all their gear together, they meet their CIA contact. Yep. Uh, We got the, uh, the locals... Yep, Ahmed. Uh, Ahmed. And he's part of the Freedom Fighters. 
and the CIA agent is just like, you know... That's their liaison between he's la- between Yeah, them. he's laughing at them, but then Stalker finds out, well, he kind of pissed his pants when they first showed up with him, where he almost forgot to say his code word. Yeah. They assemble the the yeah. RTV in, tw- I think it was 23 minutes. 23 minutes, yeah. Yeah. They then load up the payload and start heading out. Yeah, they take the big box that they're supposed to get, they load it up, and they start traveling out. They come because across... at the same time the that they're doing this... Other people are actually, we find out, are looking kind of for this Watching as well. them. Yeah, and they're kind of watching them. Yeah. And, and the other people that are watching and looking is... The October the Guard. October Guard and Cobra. Right. Well, Cobra, we don't even know they're watching them. It, it ends up seeming like it's going to be October Guard initially. We don't see Cobra until almost the very end. Right. But they come across this big ravine that they can't... They, they don't show on any map, but all of a sudden they start getting shot at. And they realize that they're getting attacked by Russians... Yeah, the October Guards. So they, which is the Russian answer to GI Joe. Yep. So they're they're told to get uh, those that are on the ground, which is I believe it's Clutch and uh, Stalker. They're told to get into the vamp, and they the, operate the crane. They operate the crane from the RTV and carry it over the ravine because the big vehicle is almost able to get all the way across. Uh, the October Guard has their own vehicle, which Scarlet shoots out one of the, the tires with, with an arrow, arrow yeah. because. It's meant to repair uh, damage from a bullet, but it's not from an arrow, which is always stuck in there. So they almost get away. Uh, The Joes almost get away, but they start getting shot at some more by October Guard. They raise the platform to get the high ground. ground Uh, So then the October Guard decides, you know, we're going to just attack full frontal attack. Uh, So you have, uh, you know, them going one-on-one with each other. You know, Stalker... Is versus Brekhoff. Yeah, and stuff like that. All of a sudden, they both, both Stalker and Brekhoff notice there's some other guys coming up in shadows, and here it's Cobra, and yeah, it's Cobra, Cobra Commander's there. And uh, Cobra Commander says, uh, kill them. Yeah, line up all the prisoners by the ravine and yep. kill them. Because they're outnumbered, so they basically, you know, the Joes and the October Guard gave up because they couldn't take them all on. Yeah. So now we got issue seven. And this is my favorite issue here. So we have, it's called Walls of Death. It came out in January of 1983. It was written by Larry Hama and penciler was Herb Trimpey. Yep. And on the splash page, Cobra Commander is wearing gloves. When we see his hands in a close-up on page two, they're bare. So just a little thing to point out there. We don't see the October Guard again until G.I. Joe yearbook number two. So just a little thing to... Point, out, point there. out there. Basically, what happens is Cobra tells him, "I'm not done." Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I had some more facts about this. Thought no, you might no, like by to all know. means, go ahead. Uh, the snake swirling around the globe on page ten isn't just a prop; but it's meant to be an actual snake. It's supposed to represent an actual snake. Oh, okay. Uh, Cobra Commander once again explains the difference between a ceremonial hood and his battle helmet. He also mentioned it in issue number one. Mm-hmm. If you remember that, right? When Cobra, the Cobra troopers hold the teams hostage, they refer to each other as Rattler and Copperhead, mm-hmm. but it's probably just a coincidence. It, didn't necessarily have any reference to later. And the last thing is when Stalker sees the hallway full of King Cobras, he says Cobra must be must have stolen the idea from Steven Spielberg, referring to Raiders There's of the Lost Ark. Yeah. So Alright, so getting into the issue itself. Yeah, basically Cobra Commander tells him, like, hey, I put the October Guard against G.I. Joe, so you guys would fight amongst yourselves, so I would come in and steal yep. Yeah, the the, the, the weapon. So he names them all off by name. He tells and he tells uh, Rattler and, and uh, Copperhead, Copperhead to guard them, take watch care of them while we get out of here. Get out of here, yeah. 
and uh, I'm trying to remember who was it that Clutch. Clutch had uh, remote control on the vamp. For the, the twin guns on for the, the guns. vamp. They just blast them. Yep. And then, so they decide, the October Guard and Joe decide, you know what? Yeah, we're we, going to work together. We need to work yeah. together, which Scarlet was dead set against. And Stalker, he's in command, so he fields the yeah. truce. I like how Scarlet's like, I don't wallow with pigs. Yeah. <laughs> like, But Stalker's the one in command, so they, she has to follow, has to follow orders. orders. So they head out, and uh, they start taking down some of the... Uh, well, they come across some uh, freedom fighters, or... or uh, I'm sorry, Iranians. Iranians, yeah, because they're in Iraq now right. at this point in time. So they, or Iran. Yeah, either <laughs> It's all the same on the map. So... Uh, the October Guard just takes them out. Right. I, I love these old Joe books when you get the... Rat, 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 yeah. I love that. So they come up to the what they know is the Cobra base, and it's just... It doesn't look like there's any entries or anything like yeah, that. So like Snipefall, so Stalker... Stalker to, takes his jump... To uh, jump jet pack. Yep. Gets a better eye view, and meanwhile they go inside, and that's where we see Cobra Commander with the globe, with the snake Very, very Nazi-esque. It is. Cobra up there, and all, all, them, the mighty all Cobra. them saluting yeah. with the arm stretched out. Sure, yeah, yeah, very Nazi. Uh, You'll have that. Sure. Well, they're the bad guys, so, you know. Well, it's meant to be that way. So they decide they're going to attack from all different points, and... Yeah, Stalker sets up a team. His team on the roof, team on the other side, and, and he puts team, October Guard with Joe's, yeah. so... You know. The team on the roof gets zapped because they were ready for anyone to be on the roof. Uh, Clutch is supposed to stay behind and kind of keep watch over everything, but he also gets... As he's sending a message, he has a Cobra Trooper come up behind him. Yeah. This uh-huh. is where Cobra Commander changes back to the battle hood, or yeah. battle mask from the hood. Uh, Stalker and his... His group uh, get go through a bunch of traps. They get you know water attacking uh, yeah, Scarlet and her group. It's yeah, it's, so it's just Flash it's, and it, Scarlet. Yeah, it's just pandemonium going on. But they do get through all of it, and they end up uh, using some explosives to get into the main room. Yeah, he's got room. some C four and those snakes that are in right. there. When he makes a Spielberg reference, Flash right. does. He ends up just frying them with his lasers. Yep. By the time they get into the main room where the everything is. We find out the October Guard's in there. They're already in there, yeah. And then all of a sudden, Cobra shows up to hold them all hostage, but the one uh, Cobra Grunt is told to uh, to execute, uh, help execute them. He was going to oversee, the Cobra Commander's going to oversee their execution. And all of a sudden, the one Grunt says, not likely, chump, and reveals himself to be Clutch. Clutch. It's Clutch, yeah. So Clutch holds Cobra Commander hostage. But it's then Cobra Colonel Brekoff shoots him because he realizes that he's going to lose and he can't lose because he goes back to Russia. And he, here it wasn't Cobra Commander; yeah, it, it was, was just a dummy. A, it was just a dummy, uh, a guy with um, like a speaker on his chest. Yeah, Cobra was speak, Commander was speaking through yep. that. And uh, Stalker and the rest of the Joes kind of knock over the uh, the October Guard as they make their escape. Yeah, and because they've got the the weapon. Yeah. And Clutch explains how he saw the Grunt come up behind him in, in the a, mirror, in the mirror, and uh, took him out. So that's how he pulled that off. Then we get the epilogue where we yeah. find out that Hawk actually set them up as a decoy, as a decoy for the real mission, for the real mission to get the actual thing. They didn't actually get the satellite. The the other group that got the satellite. Yeah, and they, they had a bunch of like pop bottles and yeah. Which is my only thought as to why Hawk gave those shady coordinates because why else would you he was basically setting up Tipping Cobra, to go, Cobra to go over with those guys after so this group yeah. but I'm like that's putting a lot of trust in your guys coming back alive but, yeah, but it, the Joes but they do it yeah. and it's the military man you you do your they mission do shit like that yeah. well you have to do your mission that's yeah. what it is so alright so then we got issue 8 issue 8 Code which is Sea Strike Sea Strike it came out in February of 1983 writer was Herb Trimpey first uh, issue that Larry Hama did not write 
and Penciler is Herb Trimpey. Cobra Commander has blue eyes, we find out in this issue. Hey, how about Just a little thing to point out. Uh, Baroness refers to the fifth columnist within Cobra Organization. The fifth column is usually a group of people who are clandestinely un- there to undermine a larger group such as a nation. Just to give you a little, little tidbit as far as what is meant by a fifth column. What's up? No, your page is different than mine. Yeah, we've noticed that before. That's because mine was done by Marvel, Marvel yeah. and yours was done by IDW. Yeah, I'm just, yeah. So, it. so we have a, a Cobra seaplane lands on a boat, and that boat decide, is watching over Cape Canaveral. The boat then goes underwater so as to not be noticed. noticed. Yeah. We then see a Joe team uh, training. Well, yeah. we don't know they're training. We see them in, in the snow. snow yeah. And then next thing we know, Hawk shows up in a, just his <laughs> regular casual shirt, and we find out it's actually a training session. Yeah. Like so he clutches throwing snowballs at Stalker. Yep. And we see on the bottom of that page where everything was revealed, we, we see that uh, Rock and Roll has a blue mustache and hair instead of blonde. Yeah. <laughs> nice yeah, coloring job there. Coloring, yeah. And uh, so, you know, Hawk says, I got another mission for you guys. And then we go to the Cobra base, which is this massive, giant... Underwater. Under, it looks like the Terradrome upside down. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, we find out that they want to launch this missile, uh, but they need to hijack the shuttle, the Cape, Cape Ca- Canaveral. Ca- yeah. Cape Canaveral. Uh, the Joes, are mission is to actually escort the shuttle to make yeah. sure everything's fine. Hawk wants to set up a perimeter inside, a circle inside, a circle right. outside... And two guys inside in the, the actual shuttle. Yeah. So, so that's what they plan out. All of a sudden, these giant walking Breaker and flash inside. Yeah. yeah, these giant things called sea legs, which are surprise engage and attack legs of Cobra, come up. Why we never got these as toys, I'll never know. They're kind of like half ats. Yeah, they're like the ATST. Yeah, almost. it's like yeah, submarines with legs, Walker legs. Right. So they come out of the water, and the vamp uh, and the you know, laser yeah. laser cannon are taken out. There, that gets taken that out. That gets right taken away, out. Yeah. The Mobat helps take them out. Uh, Cobra comes in. Cobra Commander comes in with his uh, helicopter. Yeah, and him and the Baroness are yep. overwatching everything. And then we see some of these little tanks come up, and they're shooting land torpedoes, which never heard of, but you know. Yeah, they, they take out half of the the Mobat there, but they right. don't take out the turret. So, so the, the turret blasts firing. Yeah. Then you got Zap and Short Fuse. They take out some order and the bazooka. Bazooka, and then you got Scarlet running by with her her bag, and she's like, uh, "I actually hate bag. carrying handbags." And she throws in a bunch of grenades in there. We got Snake Eyes takes out a guy in a tank. Yeah. So just they're, mass they're, chaos. They're, yeah, they're they're taking guys out. And then they're the one missile that gets away. Cobra launches and Hawk Hawks shoots up it there, and he shoots it at the last minute. But of course, the rocket takes off, and Cobra Commander's like, "Hey, at least one, we got one Joe." But then we find out he was in an emergency blast shelter, which happened to be nearby. Yep. Which how coincidental! That's nice. And then we got uh, Cobra Commander's helicopter takes a dive into the water because it's, it's it's like amphibious. that. It's he borrowed it from Mask because <laughs> he can do that. And uh, we find out that Cobra lo- launched his uh, missile. To take out the space, the space shuttle, shuttle. in the space. So what we get then is, uh, was it Breaker and Breaker? Flash. Well, Breaker's the one that actually decides to jump in front of the, I believe it was Breaker. That's no, Flash. It was a Flash? Okay. Breaker is, uh, he's, come on Flash, you gotta, you know, think of something. He goes, I'm thinking, I'm thinking of an idea. And then Flash goes, if I can just get on it and blast my backpack a little, throw its trajectory off just, just a little enough, bit, yeah. It'll miss. And it just does, it just yep. does get by. So we have that happen. And then, uh, Cobra, uh, they, you know, Cobra Commander sees that you know they land in the water. 
Yeah, the, the Joes are there. Joes are there. He's like, let's take him down. But then Zap fires the bazooka at Cobra Commander. Uh, and, and Short Fuse is throwing mortars out. He's blasting everything. It, blows up, it yeah. blows up the boat, but then all of a sudden the seaplane pops up out of the water and Cobra Commander gets away again. He gets away in every, almost anything he can think of yep. in this issue, he gets away with. It's unbelievable. Yep. Uh, issue number nine uh, is called The Diplomat. It's March of 1983. Its writer was Stephen Grant and penciler was Mike Vosberg. And uh, the Cobra soldiers in the beginning of the issue have Cobra logos on the side of their helmets. Yeah. And uh, Scarlet is barefoot when she slides out of the hotel room, but she has shoes on when she drops uh, off the wire into the next panel. It happens. <laughs> uh, for one panel at the end of the issue, a cobra is shown wearing a pink helmet. <laughs> and yeah. then there's uh, the ambassador of Al-Wai, Al- Al- uh, says he was hoping for Henry Kissinger, yeah, which is kind of funny. But one thing I looked up was has, Henry Kissinger was in office only until 1977 as Secretary of State, so it's kind of funny this was in the 80s, but that's how well-known he was. Yeah, yeah. That's how well he was known. So I yeah, thought this, this that was kind of interesting. starts right away with some action. You know, they're stalker in a team. They're looking at a farmhouse in Nebraska. That they know is run by Cobra. So they kick in the door, and they start shooting, and they try to you know take the computer breakers there, and he tries to get all the information out of it. And, uh, but there was a booby trap set up. Yeah, booby trap. Booby trap, booby trap. Tanner, where are you going? I'm setting booby traps. Booby traps. That's what I said, Sam. Setting booby traps in case of anybody's following us. Like if we talk, so we can hear them coming. Okay, hurry up. Good idea. Hey, Tanner, where are you going? I'm setting booby traps. You mean booby traps. That's what I said, booby traps. Quiet. Uh, Cobra Commander announces, He's "Hey, blow up that, he basically says, see, see you guys.' And so they get out of there just in time. They do get a uh, porta pack from one of the computers. Yeah, they, they grab that, and they get some information off of it about assassination that attempt that's going to happen. Uh, so they send Scarlet and uh, Snake Eyes and Clutch, Snake Eyes and Clutch, to go protect the guy. Uh, and Scarlet wears a bikini." Which I was yeah, because like, they're they're you know he's on the beach on vacation, so Scarlet's there with her bikini, clutches mm-hmm. there buried in the sand. Here, here was my only thought with that though. I'm like, even if you're there trying to blend in, like you can't carry any weapons on you if you're wearing a bikini. Not that I'm complaining. Yeah, no, she's <laughs> definitely drawn pretty hot. So. But <laughs> so she's, she doesn't have the weapon. Clutch does. He's like yeah. buried to his neck in the sand, but he's so got we, this nice weapon. So we do get some uh, cobra eels basically that sh- that show up. I mean, they're not really called but, that yet. Yeah, but, they, they weren't prepared for a guy with a machine gun, so they right. bail. So then they we go back to the hotel. hotel. He gets changed, grabs his stuff, and that's where we see Scarlet. And they get locked into the room, and all of a sudden they hear a a ticking, and they realize that the room's about to explode, so Scarlet has... She shoots her bow and arrow through the window. She assembles her bow and arrow. And they scoot down, and that's where we see the no shoes and then the shoes panel. Right. And then uh, they get into a car with Clutch, and they go driving off, and Stalker with Snake Eyes... He, they track down this one guy to find out where where Cobra might be located at, and he says the room's bugged. He writes down he that the writes room's it down, bugged, yeah. and then he says address is in Amsterdam. But then as soon as they leave, he actually contacts Cobra Commander and says, There's you know, G.I. Joe people "I told them what you yeah. wanted to me to tell them." And so Cobra Commander then says, "Thank you," and fries them because yeah. he can't leave any trace. 
they're getting uh, Scarlet and Clutch are getting chased down by the Cobra agents. She tosses a grenade back yeah, they get at to them. The airport to get the they, guy. They take off in the plane. Yeah. The pilot turns out to be a Cobra, Cobra agent. agent. She takes him out. Which yeah, she shoots him. Clutch is trying to fly a plane, but he's like, "I can drive anything with wheel." <laughs> and she's like, "How about things with wings?" <laughs> so Radio's then, dead because it got shot accidentally. So they have to like crash land. They get they right get out the just in time, them, yeah. and they actually pull the pilot out. That was the part that cracked me up. I'm like, he's a cobra, he's a, he he's a, he's a cobra agent, though. So they say they actually make a note about it. Like we'll be down the mountain right. on our destination before he even wakes up yep. and notices he's gone. So then so. we see Stalker and Snake Eyes. They yeah, find the some, Am- like, Amsterdam, in Amsterdam, yeah. or something. And uh, the front desk clerk, she actually calls up. Uh, you know. Tries to call up, I should say, to say, hey, somebody's coming up here for you. And Stalker goes into a room. There's a holographic Cobra commander in there. And, and he here's tells, a trap. And he tells him the whole plan, but yeah. it's a trap, and he tries to blow it up, and Snake, Snake Eyes sees him. Busts him out. And uh, we get some Cobra helicopters back at the Chasing Scarlet and Clutch. With their, uh, not, he's not a captive. He's, he's their hostage. He's like an ambassador or something yeah, like that. Cobra's trying to kill. And... Uh, he, well, he's supposed to be there, the negotiator for the peace treaties. Yeah, and but later we find out. So they get well, they get uh, basically their car gets knocked out, and they go over the edge of a uh, bridge, bridge into the water. Yeah, they the There's cobra the helicopters come down to make sure they're dead, and, and Scarlet yeah. knocks them out when they get a little too close. Yeah, she's then a badass. we find out that the guy who they were trying to protect is actually another cobra, he's a agent, cobra agent, and yeah. he's actually the person that's supposed to assassinate them. I'm like son of a bitch. Yeah. They fly out uh, in the helicopter to meet in the Paris, Al Awi yeah. or whatever. Sh- 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 yeah. So he chic. Yeah. Like what's the word? Chic. <laughs> and he ties up Clutch and Scarlet because they're going to then kill them and then untie them and make it look like they're the ones they're that the actually ones who did, did it. The killing. Yeah. Um, but they they actually escape. Scarlet kicks the one person right in the face. And then they ski down, Clutch and her ski down, because they realize they're the only ones that are be able to get there in time. Yeah. However, they're a little too late, even when Scarlet crashes through the window, because the guy does get a shot off. Yeah, but the Scarlet sheik drops, yeah. takes him down, and the Sheik reveals that in his, where uh, he is from, assassinations are a fact of life, and so are like bulletproof vests. Vest, yeah. So they actually fail, uh, but Cobra Commander's not too upset. No, because it was only a game. Yeah. He views this whole thing as a game. It was only a game. There will always be another game. Yeah. So then we have uh, issue number 10. That was my second favorite issue. Nice. <laughs> issue, number, Nine, yeah. issue number 10, which was my favorite. A nice little town like ours. And it's April of 1983. Yep. Writer is Larry Hama. Penciler is Mike Vosberg. On page two, Short Fuse is shown without his glasses. Yeah, and we get the classic cover on this one with the Welcome to Springfield. A yep. nice little town. And Grunt is wearing body armor like Flash and Grand Slams. Yeah. Uh, Again, I think they're supposed to be talking about Flash or Grand Slam. Yeah. And they just, they call him yep. in a grunt. First appearances. Dr. Venom. Yeah, oh yeah. Brainwave. Brain the, or the Brainwave scanner. scanner. This town of Springfield. Yeah. And you know who else makes his first appearance here? Billy. Oh, okay. The little kid is Billy. Oh, nice. Which I was like, I didn't realize that when I looked up this information, they said first appearance Billy. I was like, where the hell was Billy? And then also I read, I did some more research, and they reveal later on that that little kid was Billy. Oh, nice! I, I didn't even yeah. notice that. So that's the first appearance of Billy. Nice ever. 
have this issue. Yeah. <laughs> some money. The scenes extrapolated by the brainwave scanner from Snake Eyes uh, mind are clues to uh, that would give the reader an inkling of what his origins were. Right. Uh, the brainwave scanner would find itself continue to be used even past Dr. Venom's death in the future issues of the series. Springfield is mentioned that as early as G.I. Joe number five, but since it's a common name for many towns, nobody gave it much thought back then. Yeah. Uh, Marsha Rosenberg, who was mentioned at the very end, which was the travel agent person that helped him get on a bus, right. was actually one of Marvel's booking agents during the 80s. Oh, that's funny. Uh, her name was later used for the supervillainess Volcano, who appeared in Secret Wars number three. <laughs> so, some little tidbits there for you. There you go. All right. Uh, so, with this issue, we have, again, uh, the Joes trying to infiltrate a Cobra tower, basically. You know, yeah, it's a building. Like a building, yeah. Uh, however, Cobra, of course, is ready for them once again. Again, we got guys <laughs> on the roof, and again, the roof is booby-trapped. <laughs> they get captured and taken away before Stalker and his group and Flash and all them can... Now, the thing about this one is when they, when they drop them on the roof, it actually turns into, like, a... a, a aircraft right. of some sort. and flies them it away. flies away, so they got three captured Joes, which is uh, Zap, Scarlet, and Snake Eyes. Yep, and next time we see them, Scarlet's, like, wigging out in a cell because they're getting hallucinogenic yeah. uh, drugs. Uh, we see that Snake Eyes is in the brainwave scanner, and Dr. Venom there is explaining what they're going to be doing, is How finding, it works finding out stuff, the secrets yeah. of where the G.I. Joe base they're is. They're trying to find the location of the pit. Yep. We see some more hallucinations from Scarlet, who's buried up to her face now, and a cobra vi- uh, cobra uh, snake, snake is yeah. about to bite her, and she's got tarantulas crawling on her head, but these are all hallucinations. Yeah, and they, the little kid, who we end up knowing as Billy, the little kid tells him, you know, you, you don't drink the water because the water is making you see the bad visions. Right. But I've read somewhere if you put the water to a light... To heat for heat. Heat, yeah, for well, heat. It'll dilute it, and you yeah, can have you the can, water you then. you can drink it. So he actually helps him out and saves him. Yep. So then we see uh, Dr. Venom is getting some images of uh, where Snake Snake Eyes worked at a a gas station. He went to prom. Then he's in a uh, Middle Eastern desert uh, helicopter. helicopter. The helicopter crashes. So some glimpses of Snake Eyes there. He's trying to block and suppress it so he doesn't give them the Uh, location to the pit. Billy then tells the group about how he is planning to escape, but he needed to wait till he had some help. And how Springfield used to be a nice little town. Right. <laughs> and uh, we get a little glimpse here that a family was killed in a flaming car wreck that's from Snake, Snake Eyes' Eyes's background, yeah. which was Snake Eyes' family. And then we see, hey, that's the G.I. Joe person known as Clutch, and that's he's driving the vamp. Right. So he's, so he's, he's like, getting a little bit He's getting closer. Uh, Billy starts yelling out about an anti-Cobra underground, and so the the Draws Cobra attention to the grunts come yeah. in, and they think Scarlet. they're safe, but Scarlet, because Scarlet and that look like they're knocked Passed out, out. Yeah, but yeah. here they jump up and they take them out. Then they take their uniforms and dress like them. They take the yep. kid out, and then uh, we go back to the brainwave scanner where we see a little glimpse again in Snake Eyes' head, where we see an image from the first issue. If you remember that with the target practice, the target then we see a grave site and everything. So. Dr. Venom says, you know, the more you fight back, the more painful these memories are going to be that are mm-hmm. coming. Yeah. Uh, Billy gives a whole history as far as what happened what and happened how Springfield, Springfield yeah. was taken over. He says in the arcade, there's a bunch of kids in there, but they're all um, junior officers. It's inside like the Hitler the, youth. And inside and, the pizza parlor's gas. Yeah, it's basically like the Hitler youth. Yeah. And so they recognize that these people are new to town, so they're like, let's take them out. 
So um, the, yeah, the video games they're playing the actual like, like a gun yep. game, and it's, it's an actual laser gun. And Doctor Venom decides to run up and find out what's going on because Snake Eyes is showing uh, signs that he's dying. His heart rhythm's going way down, but he never sees on the screen that it's basically Snake Eyes was trained to slow his heart rhythms down, heartbeat down to where it seems like he's dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, Snake Eyes. Uh, Dr. Venom realizes the kids could take on the, the people up, up yeah, the top. the junior Cobra officers can yeah. take care of those guys. So, they have the upper hand, they have the guns. So he's like, let's get Snake Eyes out of here, yeah, he's and, he's we can, and we can have Scarlet uh, in there next after the, the youths capture her. They untie and release him, and, then and Snake, Snake Eyes, Eyes knocks him out. Yeah. And then we grabs his hood, puts it back on. And then Snake Eyes comes to save the day by blasting at the little kids. <laughs> yeah, well, what he does is he blasts the power to yep. the video game. Yep, and it shuts it down because there's no power. And then they, they get the hell out of there. They get the hell out of there with the kid. Billy uh, shows them the way to the hangar, and he says, "I got to stay behind because I have family and people that can help me in the underground here. It, this is my home." And so they understand. They start the Joe start flying away with the one Cobra pilot. But Snake Eyes has to to shoot him because he had a he gun hidden under his helmet, his helmet yeah. and ends up hitting all the dashboards and everything else. So they don't, the Joes don't know where they just were as they far as Springfield. They yeah. uh, They have to actually jump out of the ship and because, uh, yeah. because it's about to crash into the into Staten Island, uh, the waters around Staten yeah. Island, and Scarlet lands on a uh, the Hulk. Yeah. The who, what? <laughs> However, it's not the real Hulk. It's just a guy dressed up as an actor. Yeah. Uh, it's from uh, the see, see the, the Hulk, Hulk grand opening yeah. at the mall. Yeah. And then we see that they get on a, a bus, which was arranged by that Marsha. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm convinced that that drawing of the bus driver is supposed to be Ralph Cramden. Just an overweight it, bus driver. Right? Yeah, it looks it looks like Ralph Cramden. Yeah, so. you make way too much. I like the honeymooners. All right, and that's GI Joe so that's six G- through ten. That's GI Joe. Uh, you want to go over just a couple more quick uh, yeah, yeah, top yeah. fives? Let's do that. All right, so we have uh, five. Let's see here. Let's make sure I got all of them. Characters. Oh yeah, the GI Joe characters. Thank you. Uh, all right, uh, you want to go ahead? Yeah. Um, again, no particular order. The top five GI Joe characters I played with the most as a kid: uh, uh, Duke, okay, Gung Ho. Okay. Storm Shadow. Okay. Destro. Okay. Flash. Okay. This is my first Joe. Obviously, he was the first yeah. one. Uh, honorable mention to Mainframe. Once okay. I got him in 86, I believe it was, I played with him a lot. I just okay. like what way he looked and everything, but I didn't really play with him a lot as a kid because I had him in 83, 85, right. so he was an 86 figure. Okay. Well, mine were uh, Dusty. Okay. Yeah. Wetsuit. Flint. Yeah. No big surprise there. Cobra Eel. Okay. And Destro. And my honorable mention was Tomax and Zamot because I didn't feel like I could pick just one of them. Yeah, you kind of <laughs> both play with both of them. Yeah, right. Sure. So those those are my Joes. Uh, then we had from Blue Beetle five movies that you know are bad but you still enjoy watching anyways. Yeah, this was easier for me than it was for you. Yeah, you like to watch a lot of crap. Okay, again, no particular <laughs> order. Uh, the Adam West Batman movie. I love that. So horrible. Howard the Duck. I, I can get behind Howard the Duck. I like Spider Man Three. Ugh. Many people don't. I, I like it. No. And and we did the movie commentary on Van Helsing. Christ. And Masters of the Universe movies. So yeah. I, I enjoy both of those a yeah, lot. Yeah, those are bad. No, they're not. All right. I have uh, Crawl, which we've talked about on the forums a lot. Yeah. I haven't mentioned it on the show, but I, I remember watching that a lot as a kid. Uh, Cobra with Sylvester Stallone. 
Cobretti. Yeah, that is the cheesiest 80s movie ever. <laughs> uh, a lot of people don't like this movie, but I really like it. It's John Carpenter's Vampires with James Woods. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Uh, Ghostbusters 2, a lot of people say it's bad, but I like Ghostbusters 2. Yeah, and then one that was mentioned at work today that I totally forgot about, but I watched it like crazy as a kid, was The Gate. It was like, basically take the Goonies and Ghoulies and put them together and give it the budget of Ghoulies. Uh, <laughs> uh, they, they find this, like, I think if I remember right, they find this, like, record album that has, like, weird inscriptions on it, and they translate it open to the gate to hell. Hmm. And these kids have to, like, close the gate. <laughs> like Jumanji. Right. <laughs> uh, and then I had an honorable mention, which was, I am a sucker for any old large creature movies like so like Godzilla or like the giant ant movies or like oh, yeah, yeah. like anything where you take here's a model and let's put a giant spider in it and we're going to film that and act like it's a giant spider attacking a small town. <laughs> I love those type of movies. They're they're bad but they're awesome. Um then we had five comic creators living or not that you would hope never work on GI Joe and if they were deceased you're glad that they never worked on GI Joe. I, the only one I could think of because I don't know a lot of creators that well is, is Rob Liefeld. Yeah, I had Rob Liefeld. I, I just I don't want him yeah, ever on a Joe book ever. Uh, did you have any other ones? No, that's the only one I could okay. really think of. I had Grant Morrison. I don't want him writing GI Joe. I think it'd be interesting to see it. No, he'll twist it some way. That's why I think it would be interesting. I, no, uh, John Romita Jr. I am not a fan of his art. Yeah, uh, I know a lot of people love his stuff, but I'm not a fan. This one was going to piss off Mike Myers. I think if, I think if he was on it, though, a lot of credibility. Just because of name alone. Sure, but I don't want to see it. I bet. Um, this one's going to piss off Mike Myers from DC Noise, but I said Jack Kirby. Because while I like Jack Kirby art, I like it on like Silver Surfer or The New Gods. I don't think it would his art style would work for G.I. Joe. You'd have a blocky, bulky looking Scarlet. It's just, it wouldn't be yeah, good. Yeah, maybe not. Um, and then kind of the same thought, Alan Moore. I like Alan Moore's writings. Like, I love Saga of the Swamp Thing. I love... He did uh, some Green Lantern stories. I love his writing. He did Watchmen, obviously. Yeah. So I think that would be really good because you don't know anybody could die at any time. You don't know who's safe. Like, yeah, but... He could kill Snake Eyes. But he wouldn't care. That's my yeah. problem is Alan Moore just doesn't... Like, he doesn't care what he does to a property. He doesn't care if he shits all over it. And that's the thing I'd be afraid of is him just going, fuck it, everyone dies. Cobra wins. Or that be the greatest thing ever. Or, or I'm not even going to use Cobra. Cobra's so passe, I'm going to create a whole new villain. Yeah, and yeah, you know what? Yeah. I don't like the Joes that you're, you guys have. I'm going to create my own. Like, he he loves anarchy. And I don't think that always works in comics, especially when, you have, the, the especially when you have to work with a property. I feel like yeah. you have to be true to your fans. So, um, And then here's one more top five real quick we can do. Five worst video games. Okay. Uh, again, no particular order for me. The Three Stooges video game for Nintendo. Okay. That video game blowed. Uh, Renegade. Mm-hmm. Fighting game blowed. <laughs> Two property games that I thought were very horrible were Gilligan's Island and Friday the 13th. Okay. Both released for Nintendo. Uh, Shaq Fu. Yeah. Horrible, I never played it, but I heard it was really game. bad. Uh, that was for Sega. And uh, honorable mention to E.T. on the Atari. I have E.T. on my list. That was a horrible game. Yeah. Uh, I played I that. have the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle game. I love that game. Because I hated it. Uh, Adventures of Link, which was a sequel to Zelda. Uh, Raiders of Lost Ark, which was for Atari. It was horrible. It was just like E.T. It was horrible. And then I had a tie for my fifth one, which was the Atari Superman and Atari Spider-Man. Because it just they both got to be just monotonous games. Where mm-hmm. it, was, it wasn't monotonous fun. It was just monotonous. So, What about your uh, least favorite Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle? 
Uh, least, yeah, because we had that as a question too. Least favorite Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle for me was Michelangelo. I put Donatello. I'm not surprised. What about least favorite Ghostbuster? Least favorite Ghostbuster, I had Egon. I love all the Ghostbusters. Yeah, I put Winston. I, I mean, I like him, but he's my least favorite, I guess. Um, Winston for me was the guy that spoke common sense, so that's why I liked him. It was like he said the thing that we were all thinking. Yeah. So, um, all right. So going into Transformers, we're gonna fly through these because we're running long. Pressed for time. So Transformers number six. What are you up to? Six hours already. It's called The Worst of Two Evils, and it's March of 1985. Writer was Bob Budiansky, and penciler was Alan Kupperberg. Remember, we heard that name in the Star Wars issue. Alan Soderbergh. Uh, the last panel on page 14, Shockwave being blasted out of Mount St. Hillary and across town looks like it was drawn by an entirely different artist. Uh, indeed, a photograph of the original line art reveals the last panel was yellowed at a different rate. Uh, this different artist is likely to be William Johnson, who draws Shockwave in, in a more toy-accurate style in the next two issues. Uh, and then someone put down... Uh, who was reviewing this, but what the hell kind of oil platform is equipped with executive corporate offices, a fleet of single-man hovercopters, along with security force to man them, harpoon guns, and freaking mortar cannons? Were they just expecting a Decepticon attack? (laughs) I know. Which was your favorite issue out of these? Um, uh, Mine was the last one. I'm trying to remember what even happened. We'll go through them, and I'll mention my favorite one at, at the end. But, uh... So with this, we had, uh, I actually got, well, we got through our first trade of G.I. Joe, by the way. Woohoo! Uh, <laughs> yeah. And I actually got through my first trade of Transformers, because my trades only went about six issues or so. Yeah, I so, got some more in mine. Yeah, so with this one, what we had was, I'm trying to find the issue. I got it right here, issue six. Yeah. It's called The Worst of Two Evils. Right. Yep. That's what I mentioned. Glad you were listening. No problem. So we have a shockwave attacks a oil rig. Yeah, and the, the cover shockwave and Megatron having a battle yep. with the army helicopter. And it's owned by uh, uh, BlackRock, GB BlackRock. And he calls upon his specialist, uh, Josie Beller, to help coordinate the attack against shockwave. It's to Pepper Potts? What? <laughs> yeah, it kind of looks like Pepper Potts. Uh, however, shockwave's just way too much and takes them, takes them all out. Actually ends up injuring Josie, and BlackRock feels horrible about that. So he gets her uh, to a hospital. Carries around that crisis pose. Uh, Megatron is still being held captive by Shockwave, because Shockwave doesn't trust him. Buster... Optimus uh, Prime's still ahead. Yeah, Buster is talking to Optimus Prime, who tells him to hook up these electrodes to your head, and then he zaps them. Zaps them, yeah. Basically, I think what it means is he transfers the matrix of creation over to him. Uh, Ratchet watches everything happening and sees that Shockwave has returned. Buster wakes up from his uh, zapping, and he looks bloodied and beat beaten. the hell up. Yeah. Very beaten. <laughs> and he he does get outside, meets up with Ratchet, and uh, then we see that Megatron actually escaped. Yeah, and then there's a big battle. And there's a big and battle Shockwave between him and Shockwave. Shockwave ends up uh, winning. Yeah, they, they kind of tear the town. Throw, they tear up this entire town. Uh, Shockwave brings Megatron back and shows in front of everyone like this is basically this is what happens if you don't follow my lead. Yeah, and I don't like the way he goes I beg you Shockwave spare me the humiliation. Yeah. He's like, no! <laughs> so they they all all the Decepticons announce, hail Shockwave Decepticon Commander Supreme, we function for you and you alone. That's what Megatron says yep. too under his breath, yeah. Yeah. 
And uh, Buster and Ratchet (laughs) don't really know what to do at that point. That's issue six. And that's issue six. Issue number seven, it's called Warrior School. School, And it came out in April of 1985. Writer was Bob Budiansky. Again, penciler was William Johnson. Uh, The UK issue number 26 printed the entire comic through several pages uh, that were without color. This issue was reprinted as issue number one of IDW Publishing's Generation series. And the Generation series where they would take just random Marvel issues and reprint them. Oh, okay. Um, I have the first few. Uh, why they picked the, this issue, number seven, is the first one. I don't know. But uh, Ratchet states that he is a doctor, not a warrior, which is obviously a Star Trek reference. The Decepticon base scene in Megatron's flashback sequence looks nothing like the Castle Decepticon, which is in the first issue. Uh However, we do see it a little bit later. Uh, this issue's transmissions page notes that Larry Hama kept a prototype of Jetfire on his desk in the Marvel offices. Hmm. Uh, IDW's Classics Transformers reprint apparently censored an editor's note on page 22, which mine doesn't have the, the censor. Um, at some point, Cards 1, a company that deals in vintage comics, trading cards, and collectibles, acquired a large stock of unsold copies of Generations reprint, which was that number one issue. And these copies were bagged with a second random comic book and a random trading card, then sold via Dollar Tree stores around Easter of 2012. Oh, I didn't know that. So this issue's really made its rounds. Yeah. So what we have in issue number seven, again, it's Warrior School. We see some kids camping. Ratchet comes upon them. They freak the hell out. Buster out their fire. <laughs> Buster explains to them, hey, everything's fine. Let Show them what you could do, Ratchet. He's with me. He transforms. Explains what happens. They show him how to roast some weenies. He does it with his laser gun. Yeah, Buster uh, freaks out again. Uh, he doesn't know what's wrong. We see Soundwave is in his uh, cassette player form is found by a worker, worker. Hey, man, at another black rot yeah. location, and he's brought in, uh, put in a locker. He busts out of the locker and he, he transforms. He attacks with laser beak and ravage and the whole gang. Black Rock's getting pissed off. Uh, we see Josie in the hospital. She's visited by Black Rock, who feels horrible. What happened? She's like, I want to still work. I still want to help, so just get me, you know, here's some things I could use. Yeah, he brings your flowers. Uh, Ratchet sneaks into the base, the Decepticon base, because he feels like something has to be done. And, and he sees all the hanging one. Autobots and Prime's head. So he finds all of them. Uh, we then flash back to Buster, who snaps at his friends because he doesn't know what's happening and no one's, you know, no one seems to understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, we then have... But he doesn't really understand himself either. Right. So. All of a sudden stuff is floating around him and then he... He doesn't know what the hell's happening. Ratchet gets uh, captured by Megatron, who and Ratchet tries to fight back, but he doesn't do a very good job. But he makes a deal with Megatron that hey, I know a way that we can stop Shockwave. So Megatron trusts him, yeah, he'll and, listen, yeah. and lets him lets him go because he doesn't like Shockwave as much as the Autobots don't either. Yeah, and he explains how the Dino, Dinobots uh, four million years ago helped him out. So they make a basically almost a blood pact, except with oil and yeah. fuel, and Ratchet. Is like, all right, I gotta go find the Dinobots now. So that leads that into an issue eight. eight. Issue number eight was called Repeat Performance. It came out in May of 1985. Writer was Bob Budiansky. Pencil was William Johnson. Although this is is advertised as the introduction of the Dinobots, they have actually been introduced in issue number four. This issue features their recovery from the Savage Land in the present day. Uh, the cover features only Grimlock, Slag, and Sludge without Snarl and Swoop. 
These same three Dinobots were initially introduced in the animated series, SOS Dinobots, before their remaining two companions, and the same three only... Uh, and th- those same three were only seen in the commercial animation for the Dinobots toys. Uh, Optimus Prime transferred the creation matrix to Buster Witwicky in the Worst of Two Evils, so why is Shockwave still able to use it to create new life? The letters column confirmed that some residual energy remained in Prime's head, so they basically had to backtrack. This energy was used on the Constructicons, but tapped out before Jetfire could be completed. Uh, and then the machinery aboard the Ark that rebuilds Dinobots does not resemble the revival droid drones that would rebuild the rest of the Transformers four million years later uh, in issue number one. The IDW Classic Transformers reprint censored the editor's note on page one that mentions Savage Land and Avengers number 257. So I have the actual editor's note down here, yeah, which I have yours does not. Yeah. yeah, I thought this would be your favorite one because it introduces the Dinobots. Yeah, I, I would say this is probably my favorite one out of all of them. So. I, I thought so. Yeah. So we have uh, Ratchet is down in the Savage Land, which is in Antarctica. He gets attacked by a snake, which he just zaps away. We get a little recap of everything that's led up to him being down here. Uh, Shockwave meets up with Megatron. Megatron pretends like he's behaving. Uh, Ratchet uncovers a tar pit where he finds slag, and he gets some images as to what happened. Uh, between he them and Shockwave, them, yeah. he reactivates all the Dinobots, and they uh, they introduce themselves. Swoop, right, Grimlock, Snarl, they, Sludge. They end slide. up telling the whole story of what happened, how they were able to take down Shockwave in the past. Yeah. In the past, so then we go back to Blackrock, and he has another military uh, setup, but also Shockwave comes and takes them all down. Then we have Josie in the hospital. She shows that she's uh, able to start moving her hands by using some special circuitry. Yeah. And she's pretty pissed off at the robots. Then we have uh, Ratchet again. Uh, he meets up with Megatron and shows him some evidence that Shockwave's defeated. Megatron tries to turn traitor, but Ratchet f- reveals that that wasn't actually footage, current footage of Shockwave being taken down. And he knew Megatron would tra- become a traitor, so the Dinobots attack him. Megatron takes almost takes them all out, yeah. but Ratchet actually knocks him over a cliff. He transforms into gun form and falls, into, falls the into the snow, snow and is to try to just, protect himself. Yeah, kind of hidden. And then we see the that epilogue, yeah. the epilogue, Josie finds out that she can actually zap uh, mechanical things. So that's the end of that issue. Then we go into issue number nine, which is called Disintegrated Circuits. Now, just a little footnote on this one. Uh, my trade, which is the classics Transformers More Than ECI Volume 1 from IDW... Did not print this issue, and the reason why, uh, which I'll get into here, but just to let you know, it comes out in June nineteen eighty. It came out in June nineteen eighty five. Writer was Bob Budiansky, pencil was Mike Manley. Uh, Jazz in this issue mentions that he likes Madonna. Black Rock seems to grow and shave off his mustache every other issue. Uh, M Hands is the supposed inker of the issue. However, that person doesn't exist. It's a pseudonym for Many Hands which is used uh, uh, to cover multiple inkers working on a rush job. Yeah. Uh, when IDW released the Transformers comics to the digital comic service on PlayStation Portable, this comic, along with number three, is missing from the listing due to Marvel owning the Circuit Breaker character. Unfortunately, uh, there do not appear to uh, be text summaries for these comics, like the IDW did with the classic Transformers collection, which is the one you have. Right. So... Just to let you know what happens here, because I do have it in my collection, which was the yeah. They, older they give trade. me a summary of what happens, but yeah. I don't get the issue because of mine. That. Yeah, mine's the older uh, trades that were done by actually Hasbro, uh, and these this shows a little raceway where um, 
BlackRock wants to reveal his uh, new weapon. We see uh, Josie gets out of the, wants to get out of the hospital and shows some devices that she has built. Uh, we show that Ratchet was able to, to rescue all of the Autobots except for Optimus Prime. They still need his head. <laughs> yeah. And we have uh, Shockwave is uh, showing his leadership in front of all the other Decepticons again and doesn't under, and is showing how showing Prime how he's going to build some new uh, some new robots. Uh, we see uh, Buster also is starting to use the creation ability that he has now mm-hmm. to uh, repair some of the vehicles at his dad's shop. Oh, cool! Uh, Circuit Breaker reveals herself to BlackRock. Yeah, that's that's what I figured it was something to do with yeah. her because she was getting the technology and and she shows she's like part cyborg part yeah. person uh, and she shows how she can take out. Uh, control vehicles and take out vehicles and everything else. Jazz shows up and kidnaps Blackrock and explains who they are and how they need his help and what the deal would be is if he provides fuel to them, he'll, they'll provide protection and uh, rescue his other installations from the Decepticons, so he agrees to that. He's uh, Blackrock's about to display his big weapon, but all of a sudden it doesn't work, and Josie reveals, uh, Circuit Breaker reveals herself as being the one, the cause of that. However, Starscream shows up with Frenzy, and Frenzy uses that, that sound effect to cause a frenzy in people. Uh, Jazz tries to save them, uh, save everyone, but Starscream shoots them from behind. Uh, Wheeljack, who came along as well, finally reveals himself, and he takes down Frenzy. Then he... Uh, then they take down Starscream together, uh, but Josie steps in and take, takes out Starscream himself, or herself, and Je- uh, Wheeljack's like, oh, thank you, but then Josie turns on him as well. Uh, the Decepticons flee. Josie reveals that no robots are her friends and that everyone's going to pay, uh, and then we see next issue is going to be Constructicon's phone home. So issue number 10 and our last issue we're going to cover today. Yeah. The next dawn of the devastation. Yes. The next best thing to being there came out July of 1985 writer, Bob Budiansky, pencil, Ricardo Villamonte, uh, jet fire is introduced here along, although only as unfinished lifeless shell. Uh, this is the last issue in which prime severed head is drawn with its antenna detached. Page orders were changed in the UK in this issue, uh, to change uh, the cliffhanger ending. Issue number 36 of the UK comic included Robot War 2, the second in an irregular series of text features summar- uh, summarizing events seen in the comic so far. And Sunstreaker is noted to be to, as being badly damaged, like as referenced in issue number 5, when Shockwave destroyed his body as an example to detain Megatron. So in this issue, what we have is uh, the, the Constructicons were built all their names are revealed here. We got Scavenger, Mixmaster, Long Haul, Bone Crusher, Scrapper, and Hook. Yeah. However, there is a mistake made when they say uh, that uh, he wants. Uh, they say that the one vehicle, which was Scavengers, transforms into a uh, Hook truck, and I'm like, no, that's, that's Hook. hook. Yeah. <laughs> um, we see the Autobots are making a plan. We do see Sunstreaker is badly damaged, but uh, the Autobots are making a plan to get. Prime's head back. Yeah, you see Blue Streak and Brawn too. So yeah, that's cool. Um, Prowl in the background. We see the military tries to take on uh, Shockwave, but he, he uh, Laserbeak drops this thing that turns all their weapons into goo. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see Jetfire, but Jetfire uh, can't be awakened because Prime is out of his juice. Uh, Buster brings home his dad, 
and his dad's he really... shows him what he's uh, yeah. able to do here. And then in this, we also get Bomber Bill, who we see at a truck stop. Truck stop, yeah. And at the truck stop, all of a sudden, he just wants to get home. And the, at the truck stop, the Constructicons show up, and they take on all take out all the, the trucks, trucks that are there. Yeah. And we get... And take uh, out the restaurant. Yep. Uh, we get him, Bomber Bill, chasing after them because he wants his truck back. He runs into Huffer. Huffer gives him a lift, and he explains... Huffer explains who he is. Uh, they notice that there's this giant... When they catch up to the Decepticons, they notice there's this giant satellite that's hooked up to Soundwave who is trying to send, send, send transmissions back to Cybertron. And Huffer's like, is that really a bad thing? Uh, because he's kind of homesick himself. Yeah. The Autobots try to take them all on, but of course and the Constructicons form into Devastator. Devastator. Yeah. Devastator starts fighting all of them, but he's kind of dumb and slow. Die, Autobots. And uh, in the one panel, we see Ironhide is actually painted in the colors of Devastator by accident. Huffer is told he needs to go after the satellite and take it down. Uh, Huffer kind of delays, which causes Devastator to start coming after him, but Bomber Bill finds his truck, and he rams it right after it, yeah. after Shockwave, but Shockwave picks it up, or not Shockwave, uh, Soundwave. Soundwave, yeah, Soundwave picks it up and goes to throw it but Huffer transforms, yeah. Huffer transforms and catches it because he's pretty strong because I have you Bomber Bill they have uh, the Constructicons and Soundwave escape yeah, and he transforms back into a set and leaps yeah. into one of the yeah. trucks and Bomber Bill reveals that he understands being homesick uh, Optimus Prime is uh, Shockwave tells Optimus Prime that if he's not able to help him then he's of no use to him anymore and that's where we end and it says heads up next issue Autobots Jetfire is in the air. So that's the last issue of that. Uh, we do have some more top fives from uh, Blue Beetle, but we'll save them for next episode. Or one of our, our probably episode 76. But let's go over our Transformers, our top five Transformers. Okay, yeah, we'll do that in He-Man real fast and then yep. save the rest. Uh, so top five Transformers you had as a kid. Yeah, right, go ahead. I'm looking um, for a page here. Mine, Optimus Prime I had. You bastard. Uh, Skydive, which was one of the aerial bots. I loved all the aerial bots, but that one in particular I really liked. Uh, Beachcomber. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sea Spray was one of my favorites. And Slag, which was one of the Dinobots. Yeah. And then I had an honorable mention, which was the Insecticons. Yeah. Because you, I couldn't really separate them because I liked. I always played with them as a group. The group of bots. Yeah, yeah so. Yeah, again, no particular order. Um, Gears, Brawn. Blue Streak, Wind Charger, Power Glide. Nice. A lot of the smaller ones yeah. I had. So. Yeah. Uh, how about Master's Universe figures? Okay. Uh, for me, it was uh, original He-Man. Okay. Uh, Many Faces. Okay. Battle Armor Skeletor. That's the only yeah. Skeletor I had, so it was Battle Armor. Uh, Stratos. Mm-hmm. Trapjaw. Mm-hmm. And honorable mention to Prince Adam, because I used to play with that one a lot before the transformation. Okay. But after I transformed to He-Man, I was done with him. <laughs> I put him back. Uh, my Master of the Universe, I had Trapjaw. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Beastman. Uh, Battle Cat. Okay. Even yeah. though he didn't do anything, it was just one solid piece. Uh, Battle Armor He-Man. Because oh. I liked the battle action and Skeletor. So those. Did those you have the regular He-Man? I had the regular. Many people I, didn't have regular He-Man. They got into it a little bit later. So their battle armor was no, their regular He-Man. I got into He-Man early because I had like Castle Grayskull and a lot of the early figures. Yeah. Um. So I had regular He-Man, but I liked the battle armor He-Man better once I got him because I like the battle damage. So. So I, I do have a, a regular Skeletor now that I picked up, but I, I didn't have the regular yeah. one growing up as a kid. 
I just had the battle armor one. Nice. So I used him as my primary Skeletor. So that's everything. That's the Marvel retros. Uh, we ran pretty long, but... Yeah, that's it. That's uh, wrap it up. Yeah. Uh, so to give our information, you can find us at starjoes.com. You can find us at theforumforgeeks.com. You can find us, uh, you can email us at starjoespodcast at gmail.com. You can call and leave us a voicemail. We didn't have any voicemails this time. It's uh, 440-941-JOES, J-O-E-S. You can leave a voicemail at any time. So if your phone, you have a cell phone plan and it allows you to call after 9 o'clock long distance, that's when you can call. Uh, we don't really care. You're not going to disturb us. No, it just uh, it doesn't ring. It just uh, you can it, yeah. Twitter. It's at Starjoes Podcast. You can find us on Facebook. There's a fan page and a profile page. Both have been very active. And uh, you can find us on GeekCast Radio Network. You can also find us on Stitcher Radio. It's a, a free app for your mobile devices. Yeah. Um, I have it downloaded, and you can make us one of your favorites, and you always get a new episode. And you can find us on iTunes. Please, please leave us an iTunes review. And if you're a foreign uh, listener, person in a foreign land, and you see iTunes reviews for us, email them to us. We'll read them on the show. Yeah. Or you can find us trolling around Cleveland, Ohio. Right. <laughs> Hello. So, so with that, uh, we'll go ahead and close by saying the Force will be with you. Because knowing us is half the battle. Take care, everyone. Later. It's a gay story. Skeletor tried to conquer Eternia by using animals in an evil way. Animals, like all living things, should be treated with kindness and respect. I hope that those of you who have a dog or cat or maybe even a hamster remember that. When we have a pet, we also have a responsibility because they depend on us. But you can be sure of one thing, however much we love them, they return that love and more. Well, time for me to disappear. Bye.